Welcome, welcome back to the Totally Average Gamers podcast. Uh, I'm KBirds30 here with AB Cincinnati and I Frostbite. Uh, we're back again to talk talk about stuff in a very totally average way. Uh, taking a break from the gaming, which we also know is totally average. Um, so totally average that if you missed our Super Mario 64 race, you'll know that AB Cincinnati just couldn't be average enough at Super Mario 64 that he had to go and be average at Super Mario Sunshine as well, which was really really average average very average so average that uh my experience with the game is probably what everybody else's experience with the game was i i highly recommend uh going to check out um check out that vod while it's still on twitch because my god super mario Sunshine. i have I, I i have not finished a race on this channel <laughs> which i suppose is the most average thing you can come up with. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, now, now, in my defense, I finished the Super Mario World race, but that was before we started the channel. Yeah. Just the three of us raced, but we were not the totally average gamers. So it doesn't yeah, count. We, right. <laughs> we were we were two people who know Super Mario World very well and one person who knows it all right. I thought I knew it uh, a lot better. To be fair, it was also a randomizer. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't change all that much. Okay, yeah, that's. True. I'm just making excuses. Yeah, it's when the enemies. <laughs> get, sh- sh- uh, shut up! You you won one of the races already. Don't don't rub it in. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, so far, Frostbite's got a win under his belt on our in our totally average races. I've now got a win under my belt. Uh, the link to the past oh. rando was a uh, no contest. Um, well, eh. I think if if we had uh, if we had time to complete Link to the Past, ABC would have taken it. Oh, he won. I don't won. think so. Yeah. You absolutely would have won. It, so. it wasn't that close. You would have won. But, right. but, you know, races aside. If you say so. Races aside, I mean, it's been a busy, you know, week. Playing all kinds of games. Um, I, I, I picked up this week, I picked up Super Mario 3D World when it came out. The Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, I should say, because, you know, Super Mario 3D World came out on Wii U like a million years ago. And then, you know, the five people who had Wii U bought it and played it and loved it. Wait, hold up. I was 20% of the Wii U's market share. <laughs> and Frostbite was another 20, and I was another 20. So those two people so who are the out two there, other people. They're, they're out there somewhere who had Wii U. <laughs> um, oh, hold up. Yeah. I used to own two copies of that game, so I guess I, I sold one. Wow. Right, so you, you, um, you sold the game, but you don't know, probably you know they were just looking for it on the shelf. But I mean, I, I have two Wii U's, so I still make up 40% of the market share. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I did pick up uh, Super Mario 3D World because the game is great, and I'm not digging the Wii U out of the closet. So I, I've been playing through that. I, ju- I just actually rolled credits um, yesterday, I think, actually, on that. Uh, I'm now in the special worlds. Uh, I only dabbled a little bit in the Bowser's Fury stuff, um, but it's, it's exciting. Um, I, I highly recommend, if you guys have a Switch, didn't pick up this game beforehand, a Mario fan, definitely go pick up uh, Super Mario 3D World and plus Bowser's Fury. It, it's a lot of fun. Plus, you got to play as Mario as a cat. I mean, that means you, Stephen. <laughs> oh, I really hope uh, someone named know. Stephen is watching this podcast yeah. right now. Um, yeah, that's actually been what I'm playing mostly right now. Um, I kind of took a break from some of my other games for the time being. I 
burning a little bit out on Final Fantasy, which I've been doing, so I've got to kind of pull myself back into that after some Mario. But it's definitely some exciting stuff. Um, I frost, I appreciate you picked that up too, right? The 3D World. Yeah, I've been playing it. Um, I was playing through the main, like, 3D World portion of the game uh, with my girlfriend. That's been pretty fun, except there are some, some of the levels are really not co-op friendly. Um, like Pretty much anything with the double cherry isn't, right? The cherries, yeah, the cherry levels can be a little bit awkward. Also, um, the levels with the, with, like, uh, you know, platforms that you have to step on them to make them move a certain direction or the ones yep. where jumping makes platforms yeah. flop back and forth. Like those yep. ones are really not co-op friendly. So it's, that's a bit of a challenge, but um, otherwise it's pretty fun. Getting and all the yeah, green stars, just, right? Yeah. Trying to get everything um, as we go through, but uh, yeah. And then <laughs> in Bowser's Fury, I played maybe like, Three four hours of it so far. It's it's pretty fun little add on. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you know, talking about the the kind of the design philosophy behind the parts of three D world that don't work well for multiplayer. I think it really must take inspiration from the New Super Mario Brothers series, where they looked at it and said, you know, he, here are all these platforming sections from past games that work well single player. And they don't function well multiplayer, but they're fun because of the chaos. And like those those platforming sections where the the I know which ones you're talking about, like the red and the blue platforms that swing back and forth, right? Yeah. Um, and like those worked well in Galaxy when they were first introduced because they were slow, methodical platforming sections. Mm-hmm. And here they're clearly embracing that, like, oh, uh, th- this is somebody is going to fuck over the rest of their, their <laughs> friends by intentionally yeah. jumping just to drop everybody into a hole. Because so uh, the some other... people just want to watch Sorry. the world burn, right? Well, exactly. But, you know, uh, unlike New Super Mario Brothers, everybody has a shared life pool in, in 3D World. So the other thing is, um, the other thing that's not co op friendly is uh, you can pick people up just by pressing. Why? By pressing the run button, right? Um, and then, and then you can throw them. So if you're both standing near each other and trying to like throw fireballs or like you know scratch with the cat or whatever, you're bound to just pick the other player up and toss them off a ledge at some point, which has definitely happened. So yeah, again, right out of New Super Mario Brothers. Uh, also, I don't think the Plessy levels work very well with. Uh... With, multi- with, with multiple players like because really only the person in front i think gets to control actually no the way it works is um you both uh, every well i mean we don't, i assume it's the same with three or four players but at least with two um it uh kind of it kind of averages your inputs <laughs> i guess yeah. or something like that yeah, that's right so that if we both press right then we turn right really sharply um if only one of us does then we turn right more slowly if we both press jump, you jump really high. If only one of us presses jump, you get like a half jump. So it's like if you're playing in sync, um, then it goes really well, which is actually not that hard to do because usually you're both just kind of following the the path that the rings have set out for you. Um, right. Or occasionally we'll just have to communicate like, oh, let's go to the left here. And then it's like, OK. And then fortunately, it's not that bad. fortunately, there's only like one or two levels with 
plusy in it so plusy comes up in like little bits in certain levels i just like i said i just finished the main um story right like there's all those special worlds afterwards and there's actually like five there or six a... levels with plessy in them but there's only like one okay. or two that are plessy levels but bowser's yeah. fury oh he oh yeah she she i don't know i i i don't want to you know misgen- misgender plessy here but um <laughs> it, it, plessy's in bowser's fury for sure and honestly bowser's fury is basically like here's a 3d world but we're not going to give you levels it's just a big open world um to collect cat shines because that's a thing now and mm-hmm. honestly it works it really works yeah it's pretty cool yeah yeah so it's been, it's been I, a- uh, I, my only like I only wish, uh, and I know it's just like a little add-on thing for 3D World, but um, I could see, like, I think they could make an, a whole game work like that, but I, I would hope that they'd make the islands bigger. That would be my big yeah uh, I, complaint, I guess. I honestly feel like it's a proof of concept for maybe where they want to take Mario in the future. Awesome. You know, you have Odyssey from a few years ago, which had bigger worlds, but it was, you know, a very different kind of game, kind of like Mario 64 style. Um, whereas 3D World is almost like, you know, let's take the side-scrolling old Mario action and, you know, give him that 3D environment. It's honestly, that's what Bowser's Fury feels like, really truly like that, you know, the Mario 64 Odyssey-style world, but with the traditional power-ups. Yeah, it's funny that you say that, because I thought the same thing, and it's because of what uh, ABC was saying on the last episode about Nintendo remakes, um, how they'll they'll tend they tend to throw throw in little changes or additions um to kind of test things out test out new technologies new ideas and then yeah and then like you know a couple of days later Bowser's Fury came out and I was like huh so is this them testing out <laughs> stuff for a future Mario game like clearly we knew what we were talking if, about there <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting to see if that actually is a thing Right, so ABC, you didn't buy 3D World because uh, no, because I I 100 of that game back on the Wii U, uh, and I can't I can't presently justify buying it strictly for uh, for Bowser's Fury, um, and I have both a copy of the Wii U game and two Wii U's currently hooked up in my apartment, so it's not even like I would be digging out the system. I played with the Wii U today. So like, you know, I the one <laughs> I have Wii, no active Wii U user here. I I I have, I have no excuses to not go back to the original version to to play that if I want to play that co-op. Um but yeah, I've been playing uh a lot of games. I've been finishing a lot of games. Um I was trying to think of when the last podcast was so I could so I could date this. Um but uh I let's see. I started playing the messenger on switch. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I haven't touched that in probably a week or so. Um, but I, I've been enjoying it so far. Uh, I played through super punch out. Um, I played through the original kid Icarus. I finished earthbound. I finished final fantasy seven. I played through Yoshi's Island. I played through ghosts and goblins. Um, <laughs> And that's just for punishments. Well, so it's it's funny, and we'll get into it when we talk about twenty twenty one games. But like the, I I was looking back at kind of all these franchises that have been dormant for a little while, um, and just seeing like what what made people like the franchises originally, 
Um, so like, there's a lot of love for Kid Icarus, even though it's had really two games internationally, one that was exclusive to everywhere except for Japan. Um, and mm. that first game is not great uh, yeah. by any means. It's so a little rough around the edges. It, it, you, you know what? It's it's rough around the edges, but like mostly it's rough around the edges for the first three or four levels. And that's all ever that anybody ever got to see because those levels are so brutally difficult. Yeah, I've never gotten um, past that third. I think the third like, level surprise like, I got. When, when you get out of the underworld, it actually is a fun game, weirdly enough, because it, mm. it feels side-strollery, kind of like Metroid, which makes sense given it's like the same engine and some of the same team. But um, yeah, it's it's weird that you get to that fourth level and it's a big maze. And the the maze plays almost like a Zelda game. And, uh, you know, you've got resource management and and money management and health management. And you're like, this is not the game I was playing for the last three soul crushing levels. Um, But yeah, so I I finished that on the the, uh, 3D Classics version on 3DS, um, which I think is the best way to play that original game because it had a few tweaks to, uh, to the controls to make them just a little bit tighter. Um, and also made the game more visually appealing. Um, so like I did that, I played super punch out. I don't love super punch out. I, I think I, we talked about that on, um, on discord. Uh, the game that I was most surprised by that I, I played through was, uh, was actually Yoshi's Island. Um, because I have a lot of fond memories for it, even though I never had finished it before. And uh, I remember it being a whole lot harder than it was. And I, I fully completed that game. I 100%ed it with very little difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it was interesting to see, like, oh, that's the end of the game. And that's the final secret level. And I've got six stars on my title screen. I guess I finished this game. Um, but... I don't remember it being a particularly hard game. I mean, you know what? I think I remember certain levels. I remember like the very long cave, uh, which is the name of one of the final levels of the game. And that level just goes on and on and on forever and just keeps dropping you into into lava pits. Yeah, I think um, I actually got pretty close to that. Like I, I never finished Yoshi's Island, but I got I, I, I have the um, the Game Boy Advance version of it, uh, Super Mario right. Advance Three, and I did get pretty deep into it. But in, in, inferior port, <laughs> yeah, sure. That was just the version. A, I, could, ex, I had. Ex, extra content, but inferior port. Right, I played it when I was fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you know, it's it, it does. It's got a very steep difficulty curve. It's not that bad at the beginning, and it really um, flips on you. Yeah, so uh, I played through it on on Nintendo Switch Online because even though I have a copy that I could have played. Uh, something about being able to quickly flip on my switch, what made that the more appealing way to play it. Um, and yeah, go, go spend viewers, go spend time on, on NES and SNES online. There's a lot of good content on there. Oh, speaking Um, of that, uh, if I may interject, go for it. Um, I tried for the first time playing, um, playing super Nintendo NSO online uh played um two player super mario picross and penalda pond with 
my girlfriend and man panel it works is great it works really well like there is oh, yeah. no no noticeable latency whatsoever yeah a- abc oh, yeah, and no i idea. uh did it was on abc stream we we did um kirby superstar i just jumped in with them and uh oh yeah it, we tried that a bit too it, it yeah. was like just I mean, Nintendo can't seem to get the rest of their online together. I mean, Smash has you know half second input delay, but yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's just something about those. Well, it's a different division that that developed that, but uh, but yeah, that that was um, something like Nintendo Europe Research and Development, which you often see referred to as Nerd. Uh, <laughs> they they do a lot of the emulation work for Nintendo and. They were the ones who built all of the NSO platforms. Really makes me um, hope that they release more, more uh, multiplayer stuff, especially co-op. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Be cool I to agree. see um, like um, some, I don't know, like beat 'em up games, like Turtles in Time or like King of Dragons, which is like one of my, one of my kind of uh, favorite sleeper hits of Super Nintendo. If you guys haven't played that one, I've heard of it. I never played it. Uh, oh, one other game. I I forgot. I I played it. It just wasn't part of my backlog. Uh, was I finished The Adventures of Lolo. I know I brought it up last stream that I had started playing it. Never I did finish it. Uh, it's on NSO NES Online. It's a fairly short puzzle game. Uh, I think it's 40 levels total, 40 puzzles. Um, fun game made by HAL Laboratories. Had a sequel that was uh, a late NES release. We'll never see it on, on the platform. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And and Caburns, maybe this is more for you than for Frostbite. But um, even though like I have, I didn't love my time with Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. I found myself afterwards being like, I should go buy Crisis Core. I should go buy the <laughs> Final Fantasy VII remake. And it's like I don't, I didn't like Final Fantasy VII. Why do I want to buy more Final Fantasy VII? Because stuff? here's what here's what it is. And this is what I was trying to tell you throughout. And y- you know, you could disagree with me, but subconsciously you're clearly thinking it, um, which is. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII as a game, and I could I could really piss off a lot of people saying this, but it's true, and I'm saying this as someone who actually did enjoy it through a very recent playthrough. It has not aged well. It, it it's you know it came out in 1997, um, at least in North America. I'm not sure if it released earlier elsewhere, but you know I think the, it was ni- I believe it was 96 in Japan. Sure, the game was very expensive, but you know it, it you know a lot of content for a game back then, um, and it actually really took a lot of stuff from Final Fantasy. I played six, right, which was the one just before it. You know, a lot of stuff that they had been working on really was expanded into just giant worlds. And back then it was amazing. But today, you know, we've we've had, you know, how many Final Fantasy games since? I'm not just talking about main releases, right? You know, the worlds yep. are now open. You have, you know, mechanics are, are even more streamlined. Um, you know, Final Fantasy VII has these pre-rendered backgrounds, which kind of make the environments really, really clunky today. But what really gets you about the thing, and again, I said this to you as you were playing, and I'm not sure you really explored enough, especially in the first half of the game, to really see it all, is the story is so deep. And again, I played Final Fantasy VI. The story in Seven is compelling to a level that I can't describe, and I've played a few of them now, and I've started to play some other JRPGs. It's got one of the best stories. Um, you know, it's hard to argue that I, you might, it might not be your favorite and that's fair, but that's why people keep coming back to it. It's the story. So now you've, you've, you know, you have crisis core, the remake. Um, and you know, again, I don't want to like, I, I'm, I'm not super interested in all of them, but like 
Crisis Core and Remake are much more action oriented. So, right, but Remake is again. I don't. I, I don't. I can't say too much. You know, Frostbite's still playing through it. So am I. But I think I'm a little farther than he is. Um, you know, but not to spoil anything is that it really makes you know playing Remake makes a lot more sense if you've played the original. Not that you won't get the experience, but there's there's something about it that it's hard to explain I, people who've played remake you probably know what i'm getting at here but um it, again it goes back to that story this really deep story and it's it's deep uh it's hard to find that in a game especially one that was made in the mid 90s mid to late 90s so that's Fair why enough. You, that's why you want more of it because it was it was good it was a good story yep yep but if you see me you know talking about the fact that i've pulled out a psp to play you can you can pretty much guarantee that I went went ahead and bought Crisis Core. That's sure. Because, you know, the, the guy over here at the Wii U also has to bring, bring out the PSP. Oh, well, don't, <laughs> don't even start. I could bring out the Vita. <laughs> at least the Vita's more relevant. I mean, yeah. that's what I would have said three years ago. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, lots of... Anyway, so th- I think that's what we're playing for the most part. Yeah, I, I think you know, so. little bits of stuff here and there. Yeah, I've been kind of game hopping a lot lately. Uh, I really need to go back and, and finish up the Final Fantasy VII remake. I haven't played it in like two weeks for some reason. Um, but uh, other than that, I've been game hopping all over the place. A couple hours of this, a couple hours of that. I don't yeah. know why. Just just one of those uh, moods, I guess. But. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I've done the same thing. I also haven't played remake in... in about two or three weeks I, I hit a point where it's a good place to take a break i think um because i'm pretty sure if i continue it's kind of like end game you know sort of like a you know you're not going to be able to go back and get things until you finish so uh, I, i'm not surprised that you guys are both kind of jrpg'd out though they're exhausting um, i mean look i finished earthbound and and final fantasy 7 in this both in the span of like four days and when i finished final fantasy it was like all right, no more numbers. I'm good. No more numbers. Like, no more numbers for a little bit. Well, you know, it, it's interesting though because the JRPG, as much as like they can be exhausting, there's something about them that makes me just keep wanting to play them. I don't know what it is lately, and I never was like this before. But lately, I've just been uh, really trying to like seeing a whole bunch of them. They've been pulling me in. It's a problem. Well, it's it's because you got it, you. It's because you have the time. Well, I guess we all do have the time a little bit. <laughs> that, that that that's really what it comes down to is like, if you were reliant on the time you have in a commute, or no, that's probably all you would have is the time in your your daily commute. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably wouldn't want to sit down and play a, a an RPG, whether it's handheld or or console based. Uh, certainly not PC based, right? Because there's just you know who has time for that. the The fact that I was able to to juggle the ones that I did was really just because of the streams, and as, as proof, like I got a certain amount of time into Dragon Quest, and I've had to put it down because it was just taking up too much time. For sure. Well, normally we you know we would 
start talking a little bit about what's been happening in the past couple weeks, you know, gaming news wise. But I think we should pivot a little bit. I think we're going to get into some news in just a little bit as we kind of start dissecting 2021 a little bit. That's true. Yeah. Kind of, kind they, of, they kind of overlap, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to, before we, I, I, there's a lot we can, we're going to probably cover. You know, it was Nintendo Direct last week. We touched on it briefly when we were playing Mario last week, but I'd like to. To kind of dig at that a little bit too but i mean I, and and i str- i streamed it so there you go there you go um but you know we could say you know there's there's so much to cover there uh, i think we need to take it back here you know we're sitting it's the end of february and i kind of just want to I, I you know I, I know abc was saying you know he didn't play a lot of 2020 releases um because he's been working his way through his backlog which you know you gotta check out his backlog it's crazy you can make him play things like um dukes of hazard something racing something <laughs> which, ra- ra- racing for home which has surprisingly little races in it <laughs> um there's a lot of driving very little racing yeah so you know but there, there was a lot of stuff that happened last year it was an interesting year because of this pandemic but a lot still came out a lot of news came out we had new console releases i think i just want to take a minute and just kind of reflect on some of what we saw um and you know we were sitting here, Rosby and I, you know, ABC, we were just talking about Final Fantasy VII remake, and I think that's actually an interesting place to start because, you know, that game was announced in 2013, I believe, if I'm right. It's been in development for that long. Wow, was it that long? Um, it had been rumored for long before that, and we finally saw at least the first chapter of that of that uh, release this past year. So, um, and that that was really kind of what led us to the it was almost like the beginning of the end of this generation of consoles you know we had a few bunch big releases just following that up until the new console releases and there's some really great stuff this year that you might have missed you know it's been a crazy year and some people might have missed them so uh i i like to think of it as the ps4 swan song that frostbite can now play because he has his ps5 finally that's right Um, so games that you might not have played or might have heard about but not had a chance to play we had the last of us part two um ghosts of tsushima like i mentioned final fantasy 7 remake um all fantastic games all three of those games were up for game of the year at the game awards so that says something about you know going out with a bang i should say yeah um there was also spider-man miles morales right it kicked off the new generation it is available microsoft flight simulator oh man microsoft flight simulator okay here's a question guys is it a game? <laughs> is Microsoft Flight Simulator a game? I had this debate with sure. somebody. I, I, I had a absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, in I the mean, same in, in the same way that American Truck Simulator is a game, or in the same way that like Gone Home is a game. Okay, I don't know about Gone Home, but is American Truck Simulator a game? <laughs> absolutely, sure it is. Why not? Absolutely. Oh, Toxication says no. no hard, hard stance. Uh, hard. Absolutely. No I look. I have friends who they play. I, one of my friends used to play all sorts of games, but he plays two games now. He plays uh, Planet Coaster, which is kind of like the the roller coaster tycoon of its of the present era, and he plays American Truck Simulator. And those are like the two video games that he plays a lot of. It'd be what like asking is it'd be like asking like is is Kerbal uh, space program a game? Well, well like, it's, it's effect it's a, it's effectively <laughs> a space it's effectively a, a space program simulator. You know, uh, I, I I just I don't know. It, it's it depends on your your definition of game, and I I don't. It's a simulation game. That's the that. genre. Okay, I, you well, know yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. 
I'll, I'll leave it as an open question to, to chat. Intoxications has definitely said no, it's not a game. But uh, I'll leave it as an open question to discuss. But regardless, you know, speaking of Flight Simulator, I mean, I do know some people who are playing it. Um, game or not, you got to admire the, the technical marvel that it was that, that piece of software. I mean, sure. That, that was really something. Uh, I've got a list of the, the Metacritic games from last year that uh, topped 90 points or higher. Do you want that list? Sure, let's hear that list. We'll, we'll, we'll do All it right. one, one by one. We'll do it in, in uh, lowest to highest score. All right, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay, I did play a lot of that ABC. I know you did. Frostbite, did you play I'm, Animal I'm, Crossing? Yeah, I didn't. I uh, Okay, I, I'm kind of kicking myself about it now because before that game came out i was like i'm not gonna get it because i've tried animal crossing games before and they're not really my thing but i don't know if it was the pandemic or what but i was like ah screw it i'm gonna give it a shot it looks like fun it looks Mm -hmm. like a nice little escape i played um 60 70 hours of it um that's a fair amount it's it's decent yeah but for a game like that like i know lots of people who've put more than 500 hours into that game. Oh, that, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm one, of, I'm, one, I'm one of those people. I, yeah, I'm more I like, uh, yeah, I was saying, I'm more like you, Frost, but I put about 67 hours into it and then realized, oh, God, this is consuming me. And I put it down. That was about in a May or so last year. I put it down. Haven't touched it again. <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, for me, it wasn't that it was consuming me. It was that uh, I just got bored. I was like, this is this feels starting to feel like work. Like, I'm I'm doing chores every day and then everything (laughs) starts costing so much money um, that it's and making money in that game is not fun. Yeah. I play the stock market. That's Uh, not fun. Man, Talk about talk, (laughs) talk about games imitating reality. Right. Honestly. Uh (laughs) All right. So we all had experience with animal crossing. What do I, what's I I mean, and I'm still playing it. I played it today. Because, like I said, you're a glutton for punishment. Uh, No, no, I just mean, like, some look, some people bounce off of that as a, but like, I like the routine of it. It's it's chores. What we got? What's next? Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I did not play that. Pass. But I I did actually finally sit down and play it. I didn't finish it, Ori and the Blind Forest this year. So I guess I I should get to Will of the Wisps at some point. I've played the first, like, hour of Blind Forest. and I enjoyed it. I just didn't get back to it, uh, mostly because playing. Mostly because playing it involves um, making sure that one of my Xbox One controllers is is charged. Well, now that they have the Game Pass streaming to phones, and it's a really really light one, I might just do that. Just... Yeah. Well, I, I have physical copies, so. Um, but regardless, uh, Yakuza Zero. Never touched Yakuza. No. <laughs> no, no experience there chat chat have you got an experience with these feel free to sound off on the stuff we're missing but oh yeah uh, just get the chat, ones you know chat, none of us have played <laughs> uh more, more so than any other any other past podcast chat tell us what you've been playing tell us if you've played any of these games give us your thoughts on everything that we talk about tonight it's very much a more open forum kind of experience uh we already talked microsoft flight sim crusader kings 3 Oh Is yeah, that... I've heard good things about that one. I was kind of interested to maybe check it out at some point, um, but uh, it's not exactly top of my list. So it, it's so. it's funny because uh, I am told that Paradox Interactive, the developer, is one of those studios that can't do no wrong because they understand 
the the genre that they build yeah just so well mm-hmm. and um they've got years of experience in mastering it. It's, it's like, you know, if you looked at fair axis and, and we're like, Oh, I wonder if, you know, if the next Civ game is going to be any good. Well, you know, it's, they, they've got however many years now of experience in, in, uh, in civilization games. So four X games or whatever they're, the, the genre is called, um, masters of the craft. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, here's one. I didn't expect to be up here. F1 2020. Yeah, um actually like to be honest, I actually considered picking that up. I I've kind of there was for a few years I was pretty into like playing all the Forza games and stuff. Um but it's been a little while that I've kind of fallen off of that, but like uh I always one thing I always wished that those games had was an actual sort of like they do have a career mode, but I wanted something that was more um substantial forza horizon yeah i guess because the the career mode in forza is just like um uh okay buy buy a car now do a do a random race do a random race and the races aren't they don't really feel real because they're like do three laps do five laps like an f1 race in real life is like okay i don't i'm not i don't really watch f1 i don't know but it's like (laughs) they're they're like a hundred 150 laps or something like that Right. right Um, which like, okay, maybe that's a little excessive, but like you can meet in the middle and at least do like 20 laps do maybe 30 laps, 50 laps. Um, and then like, uh, you know, you compare it to like career modes in some of the other, like some of the EA sports games or whatever, where you've got like, this is your, this is you create yourself and then you've got like stats that you can improve. And like, I think that, and that's basically what F1 has now done, um, with the last couple of years of F1 games. They've taken that sort of career mode and put it into mm-hmm. an F1 racing game. So that that actually kind of appeals to me, but again, I, not exactly top of my list. So ABC, you're saying you're surprised by it. I will just say this: people really are like, but there's some people who well, play nothing but but uh, FIFA. There are some people who play not, nothing so, but racing sorry, games. But uh, I, I guess what I'm surprised by is that critically it did this well. Not, I, I understand there's consumer appeal. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Codemasters wouldn't be pumping out f1 games annually but i'm surprised that there's that it gets the critical praise that it does and well it's it, um it, uh, this is like i think the first year where they really kind of brought all those elements together um okay i think it was the lot the previous f1 game is the first one where they did that career mode but it was kind of like um they, they i think if i'm remembering correctly the game had like a brand new engine and they had done a lot of work on that and didn't have a lot of time to, to, to kind of work on um, the other sort of systems of the game. So it was like, oh, they've got this cool new engine career mode, but like there's not a lot going on there. So that, now this year it was like, all right, let's build on that and just like really throw everything we can into the game. So I think this is the first one where everything really just meshed. Right. Cool. Uh, next up on the list is Spelunky 2. Okay, I didn't play it. My brother did, though. Um, and he okay. told me he was having a blast. Have you ever played Splunky? I've watched it. I've never played it myself. Uh, what about you, Frostbite? Uh, same. I have, I've seen uh, right, enough so, of it, but not that interested in playing. So my experience with Splunky actually starts in the, sh- in the freeware version of the game. Um, long before it got ported to, to Steam. Um, Splunky is awesome. Splunky is really cool. Like, it's... it's 
mm-hmm. it does for for like fast paced platformers what uh I think games like and I hate to use this comparison, but games like Dark Souls do for for action games in that like you've got to be moving around quickly, but you also have to be very mindful of your decisions. So um it's like strategic platforming. Um and I, I, I think it just it, it held up really well and the, the port um or the, the remake made uh the game even better and added multiplayer um and apparently the the sequel just like takes that and ramps it up to 11 um uh demon souls you guys both played this (laughs) i i love it and yet i want to throw my playstation out the goddamn window every time Uh, i play it well hold hold up and i'm the glutton for punishment (laughs) you know i i like frostbite can say a lot more about souls games and anything from from software really and i I've tried so many of them now and I can't finish any of them. And I like, <laughs> I like them. I think they're brilliant and I'm just terrible at them. Now, Demon Souls, I got further in than I did in Dark Souls or in Sekiro um, or Bloodborne for that matter, which I've also played. Um, but even Demon Souls, I did not get, I mean, Frostbite is much farther than I am, but and the game is beautiful. It's clean. It's well put together. From what I understand, it's a very faithful remake. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a good thing that I've managed to control my anger because PlayStation 5s are really hard to find right now, and I definitely don't (laughs) want to have to try and buy another one. Um, Yeah, uh, let me... I've actually got a lot to say about Demon's Souls. Um, Like, uh, I mean, you touched on a lot of it already. Fantastic. As a remake, fantastic. Like, they did a really good job of updating the original game while keeping the same feel. and uh yeah as a remake it's perfect um however playing the game playing that game again because i did play the original um has really made me appreciate the evolutions that they made with the dark souls series <laughs> because going back and playing demon souls uh it can feel a lot more punishing i think mm-hmm. than uh the dark souls games like they added just something as simple as um the Estus Flask in Dark Souls, which is, uh, if, if you don't know, it's the that's it's the your healing, healing item. Yeah, it's a healing item that every time you rest at a, a rest point, like a bonfire, it refills itself. So you get a certain number of heals back every time you rest. Um, in Demon Souls, they didn't have that. They had items, consumable items that you had to find or or buy. Um, so if you're doing, if you're doing, um, you know, if you're on like a, a bad run where you just keep dying on a certain part. You're going to run out of those healing items and you're going to run out of resources to buy more healing items. So you just get to this point where you kind of start to feel stuck. Yeah, just like the game is screwing you over. Mm. Um, So just like something as simple as that, like it really uh, made a a big difference more than I really appreciated before with uh, the Dark Souls games. Little stuff like that. um, The game does feel pretty punishing at times. Uh, But again, as a remake, Amazing, because those were all problems that were present in the original game. Oh, yeah, and no one claimed the game was easy. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah. I, I'm complaining about it, but I think the game is brilliant. And it's true, like, at this point in time, I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, the next-gen a little bit, but it is the only next-gen game I can really come up with right now, truly. One that uh, isn't available elsewhere on past-gen or other platforms. That's why I said truly next-gen game. 
Well, like, see, I, I mean, it's the feel that feels like um maybe an arbitrary line to draw because I would say <laughs> that like I would say that like Cyberpunk is a very next gen game. It is on previous gen consoles, but like it's, it's not really not the same yet, though. It's really not the same game. No, but Cyberpunk hasn't yet released on next-gen consoles. It's still in early access, right? Is that what we're... No, I'm saying that we, we have yet to actually we'll get there. see a release on next-gen consoles that's like a next-gen game, in my opinion, besides Demon's Souls. Cyberpunk, which, again, we'll talk about Cyberpunk in a few minutes. Cyberpunk has not released the uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X versions yet. Um, it's currently running the old, broken PS4 and Xbox One versions. Oh, yeah. so you can't actually buy... No, you PS5 cannot. Not version. yet. Oh, you will, I, didn't, it, I didn't realize that. It will be coming soon, but it has not yet released. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there because Cyberpunk actually is on the news for, for when we get to that section. That yeah. goes to show um, how closely I've been following Cyberpunk. Uh, next in this list is The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, which I have played. I have not finished it, although I did just install it on the PS5 as well because I want to play it in 4K. Um. And it deserves every award it's gotten. Everybody was complaining. Amazingly, the not the highest scored game of last year. Yeah, and that's and that's fair. I mean, we're talking aggregate scores here. But yeah. when I I I mean, like I played the first Last of Us. Um, I mean, it's an old. I mean, that game came out in like 2013 or something like that. So I'm not gonna. Oh, uh, I I've, I haven't played any I'm, of. I won't Last spoil of Us, it. So. I won't spoil it. Yeah. but I will just. I I have it. I have it downloaded. It's on my list of choose probably for this year. I just. And I haven't I, gotten to it yet. That's fair. And so. I will say about the first one that the gameplay is nothing remarkable. It's not clunky. There's nothing broken about it, but it's nothing like... Is it, one of, is it one of those games where the character and the story make the game? Yes. But when I say... Okay. when, it, But to a point that everything else about the game is amplified. It, and it's, it's a little hard to explain that. And it's The Last of Us was not one of my favorite... Like, I loved the game, but it wasn't like the, my favorite game that I played the year it came out or anything. The Last of Us Part Two is like heartbreaking. It is amazing. It's I, I it's hard to really explain, but like in terms, you know, we could have a whole podcast on game narratives and you know how you know like I don't need to watch a movie. I can literally play these games, and that's The Last of Us Part Two. It, when I say though, it deserves every award it's gotten. You know, people have complained about the story. They complained about the story and out of context and the leaks. If you play the game, you get it. It deserves everything. <clears throat> cool. Uh, any other thoughts, Frostbite? I uh, I bought it, but I haven't played it yet. So <laughs> cool. Great <laughs> <Not> contribution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up is Hades. On my list, oh, haven't gotten to it. I wish I, I wish I had something to say about it. I Me keep. It's, I swear, like not a week goes by that I don't think. Should I buy Hades? <laughs> but uh, just have not picked it up yet. I don't. That's know. exactly where I'm at. I was looking at the physical uh, uh, release of it, and I'm like, I can't justify I can't, spending double on this game, but I want it so bad. I, I kind of love that Hades and Splunky Two are both on this list, um, mm-hmm. because in so, in some ways they are like, and mind you, I haven't played either of them, but I know enough about each of each of the two that they share so many elements in terms of like gameplay uh that it's it's shocking that like two roguelike type games really stuck and it wasn't like people got tired of them after 
uh, after a period of time because Hades came out in September and oh look, Splunky Two came out in September. So um, both of those games really like somehow penetrated into the same or into different markets maybe, um, and both did incredibly well. Um, next up is a game I know no, none of us have played, which is Half Life Alex. It's a, and that's an accessibility problem. I, we can't really that's, say that's, too much we, about that. We, we talked about it in the tech episode. We would all, yeah, we would all play it were it not for the fact that none of us have VR equipment. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes and uh, Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. My God, this game has a long title. And, oh man! And I know you're the Dragon Quest guy, but you haven't made your way up to eleven yet. And yet I was. Uh, I'm working on. It. I'm working on seven. And I was playing 11. And do you want to know my honest opinion of it? I put, I didn't, I don't know how far I got into it. I put about 15 hours in it, maybe. That's it? Yeah, it's not that much. I, I think you got, uh, to be fair, I think you got RPG'd out around the same time that you were playing that game. That's kind of what was happening. I, I, I was playing both Final Fantasy 7s around the same time. And, but, okay, here's this. So, you know, you got, Square's got these two really old, jrpg franchises right you got dragon quest on one hand and you got final fantasy on the other and they both evolved in very different ways yeah and i feel that final fantasy has evolved into next gen and i don't think that dragon quest has that's not to say that's a bad thing okay i think that that's actually it is it's a very classical rpg exactly And there's a market for that. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think I was that market. It, no. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's the same market for the people who, you know, bought Wii U's. All. <laughs> you. <laughs> all, all, all one of me. But, uh, it, no, no, in all seriousness, the, it, it's almost unfair to list this because this is the third time this game has gotten released. Yes. Right? It got released yeah. uh, on, the, on uh, the Xbox and the PS4 in december of this year or this past year uh a year prior it was released a year prior two years prior something like that it was released on switch and that was the first iteration of of 11s mm-hmm. um and prior to that 11 had been released on ps4 um and it's actually interesting that the the version on ps4 and xbox one is a port of the switch release and yeah which is also on pc which is also I was I was playing on a PC, um, um, and look, like I said, it's it's a good game. I did get RPG now, and it is a very classical style RPG. And I think I just was looking for something a little bit different. Yeah, I've heard a, a lot of people love Dragon Quest Eleven. I'm I'm not a JRPG guy, haven't touched it, but yeah, I've heard it's it's great for people who are into that stuff. Oh yeah, it, I, it was good. I I I would venture to guess that I get to it by this year because I'm far enough through Dragon Quest Seven and. At that point, I'll only have two games to go. Um, so I'll, I'll probably get to it at some point this year. How many do you and have left on this list? Is there only one left? One more game. And that's got to be Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> oh, no, it is not. Is it really not Ghost of Tsushima? It's really not. Ghost of Tsushima did not average a 90 or a higher in 2020. Interesting. All right, what do we got? Persona 5 Royal. Which is just a re-release. Wow. Which is effectively just a re-release. Uh, it was it a very, it was a very well received <laughs> re-release, and it is considered the the uh, definitive version of that game because, if I recall correctly, the pseudo sequel, uh, 
the the Muso game, Persona Five Strikers or whatever it's called, or Scramble, um, is is a sequel to Royal, I think, and has some of the characters that were added for that game. So, uh, I, I mean, again, it's a re-release. It's a it's a it's a it's an updated another updated version. Um, but again, kind of interesting to see another big JRPG on the list. It's just because yeah. you you don't often get years where there's just that many of specific genres that all show up at once. Fair enough. It, I'm just finding it interesting that there were so many re-releases. You know, games that were not on that list, though, that were very well received by by the by the users. I'm not sure about the critics. Ghost of Tsushima was 100 like the like the player's choice of the year. Um, didn't, yep. didn't play it. I will probably pick it up when it's on a decent sale. I'm kind of holding out for a PS5 re-release of that, um, but who knows? Uh, that was noticeably absent from there. Um, let's see what else do we what do we miss? Uh, I'm just I just want to mention about Ghosts of I ca- I like to call it Ghosts of Sushi Mama, um, <laughs> but, and I will never be able to unsee that. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously. Um, I thought from the very first time they they showed that game, like I, I'll probably pick it up and play it sometime, maybe if it's on sale. But from the first time I saw that game, I looked at it and I was like, okay, yeah, it's it's an open world game. I get it. Like it looks it looks like every other game in that genre. It doesn't yeah. look like they're really doing anything um, that innovative with it. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a great example of of games in that genre but um if you're not into the open world adventure you know effectively the assassin's creed like for lack of a better term um you know you play one you've played them all kind of thing i mean that's why i got trouble with horizon zero dawn because it came out right around the time that Breath of the Wild came out, and I played that one first. So I have to go back I, I, and do oh, Horizon. Th- that, that, and, that and because comparing the two, it's very obvious which one is the better game. Right, so Horizon I still but, want to go back and play more of. Not really mm-hmm. part of this conversation, but it's true. You know, I think I, you're right, Frostbite. You know, you, it's just another open-world game. Yeah. But also not on this list, which, you know, another really popular release this year. Very different genre, Doom Eternal. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, uh, wasn't as highly reviewed, if I remember correctly, as the first one was. Not sure. Uh, I can't recall, but I do recall a lot of people playing it when it came out. Very popular release. Uh, uh, I, th- I, th- I think the original, I think whatever it was, 2016's Doom was like an 87 on Metacritic, and I think Doom Eternal was like an 83. It, w- it was just considered like more of the same, um, which is not a bad thing when Doom Eternal was rated so high, or Doom was rated so high, but... Look, I mean, Doom is one of those games where you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. You're coming in to kill demons, and I can't argue that it probably delivers that, so... Uh, what can I Not say? Not really my thing. I like the first one. Um, it does give me some issues sometimes when I play it. You can just find, you know, look back at that one stream I tried to do of it, uh, where I had to quit after half an hour because I got sick, but... I, 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 need, I need to correct myself. Doom Eternal actually scored two points higher than than the original Doom did on average. All right. But you know, so across all platforms. Just some interesting releases that um I realized weren't on there. A couple other things that we saw come this year. Super Mario 3D All-Stars was a November release. I mean, we're talking re-releases. What's wrong with More re-releases, yeah. Right? Um but those all came. Um Super Mario 35 
also was uh, part on. of the 35th anniversary of Mario. So the whole Mario anniversary, uh, pretty, pretty big game, really did play out towards the end of 2020. So um, I'll count that as a 2020 thing. I, I played more of that than I played of the 3D All-Stars collection. I did not. I played a lot of, well, but I also played a lot of Tetris 99. So it's, you know, I, I think that part of that game really, really clicked with me. Um, sorry, go on. You were saying about Mario? Well, I was just saying that the whole 35th anniversary of Mario, that did play uh, out this year. Um, uh, game and Watch Super Mario Brothers came out. <laughs> it did. It wasn't, har- wasn't the only piece of hardware that came out last year. Not the only piece of hardware. We had a lot of new hardware last year, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series XS. I'm, calling, I'm just going to name them both. You see them listed online. They always do them together. Xbox Series yeah. X straight line S. <laughs> that's how it yeah, yeah, that's that's their, their branding. It's good marketing. Yeah. Um, it works. Now, so that you can't confuse the two. So, you know, I think we're, we're going to talk even more next gen in a while. Uh, Frostbot and I both picked up the PS5. Uh, ABC's holding out for a little while until some games come up, and then you'll make your, your call on what to do there. I mean, I, look, w- when the time comes, I'll end up getting a PlayStation. I just I didn't want to rush into this because there was no reason to. No, that's like, fair. I, I mean, look, the, the system launched with a handful of games that were going to be cross-gen and uh, a backwards compatibility collection of which I had many of the releases already. Right. And I don't want to dig too deep into the technologies here. Like, we, we could talk PS5 and Xbox for hours and hours and hours, and we're going to talk a little bit more mm-hmm. um, about them. But I, I will say I'm very impressed with the PS5 as a console. The DualSense as a controller is an impressive piece of hardware. Uh, if you do have a PS5 and haven't actually played Astro's Playroom, go play Astro's Playroom. Um, it's worth the couple hours that you'll you'll check it out. It's a bit of a tech demo, but it's also one of the coolest tech demos I think I've ever tried. So definitely worth your time. I don't know what to say much about Xbox here because obviously I didn't pick up the console. I do have one of the new controllers, but oh cool. Um, but I did that mostly because I wanted a new controller on PC, PC, and it's hard to really justify right now buying an Xbox when I'm a Game Pass subscriber. And everything's coming to PC. Well, I think Microsoft is okay with that. Um, Like, it seems like that's the big story with... uh, It's almost like the story of Xbox, of of PS5 versus Series XS is the story of PS4 versus Xbox One. Maybe not quite. Maybe not quite the same. But it's it's like, uh, yeah, the PS5 came out and it's like, whoa, look at all these killer games that we got right off the bat. Um, and everything looks great. Like the games look amazing. And then Xbox comes out and it's like, Hey, this is, uh, this thing runs really well. Um, all the online systems are great. Uh, game pass is cool. We love backwards compatibility, but where are the new games? (laughs) It's it's true, but I think it also showcases something, which is, I think 2020 was the year that the console wars ended. And I think anyone who's still sitting there saying I'm an you know Xbox One or PlayStation One or I think they really misunderstand what's happening right here. Every single company here, Nintendo included, is playing their own game and they're running their own race and they're trying to do very very different things. They're not competing with each other the same way. Uh, look, as long as you're not a, a Stadia fanboy, everybody's winning. <laughs> Stadia lost. <laughs> Let's be a Stadia lost. Also, um, 
also like uh because so many games are going with cross play online now um it almost like it, the ecosystems are coming together in a, in a way so yeah. which i think is really cool it's because yep. then it doesn't matter which console i have and which console my friends have uh we can all play together depending on the game but i think as we go forward more and more games are going to be doing that which is awesome and, and i think it's because they all date like some of the consumers like to you know you know shit post online about who's winning and who's losing but i think that the uh the people who are running these companies are they know that there's no ra- uh, race anymore you know phil spencer's over there at microsoft talking about we want you to play your games where you want to play them and we want to make that accessible you got mm-hmm. sony on the other hand and they're saying here's our impressive lineup of exclusive that you you know mature exclusive games that you can only play on playstation people are like yeah that's great and i'm also going to go pick up the game pass stuff so i can play my pc games this is me and then you got nintendo over here mm-hmm. saying hey look at us we're super innovative and you still can't find a nintendo switch and it's been f- almost four years since it came out yeah and people are buying yeah. that too so well let's not forget that uh there were some other players in the market this last year uh, in, in the hardware market, there was uh, Konami with the Turbo Graphics 16 Mini, which somebody probably picked up. I'm sure. I, I did. Oh, I was really? gonna say I was pretty sure Frostbite did because he did a stream of it once. We're we're, we're getting there. Intoxications. It's on my list. <laughs> the KFC KFC's not out yet. KFC. <laughs> uh, so, um, KFC. do you want to say anything about the about the Turbo Graphics Mini? Did you get the Turbo Graphics version? Or did you get the the PC Engine version or the um, I got the Turbo Graphics version uh, because it was the easiest one to get. Um, this thing was actually really difficult to get in Canada. Um, I had to order it from Amazon.com in the in the states and uh, yeah, they, pay a whole they, bunch they, extra shipping to get it. They're, um, they're stupid expensive now. If you yeah. want one, they're like two hundred bucks now. So um, I, I, it's cool. Um, because I never owned or got to play any of these games growing up. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple games on there, especially um, Castlevania um, Rondo of Blood that I really wanted to play. So for that, it's really cool. Um, it's not the best emulation. Uh, Which is amazing to me because M2 did the emulation. Um, and for those who don't know, M2 is a uh, effectual, uh, effectively an emulation house. Like that is their yeah. their their bread and butter. Uh, they do a lot of stuff, mostly for Sega. I would say is their biggest market. But um, they've done some stuff for Nintendo. They've done some. They are the kings of emulation. Usually, they well, get it, emulation right like nine out of ten times. It looks okay. It uh, to be fair, it looks really good and it sounds really good. And for most people, that's perfect. That's all they want. That's all they need. Um, but there is some noticeable input delay for someone like me who's super picky about that. <laughs> and, um, and there is audio delay as well, which is for some reason really common now with all these emulators. And it's like the audio delay is like, okay, I can live with that, uh, whatever, but it's, but I did notice it. Um, but yeah, I wish the input delay could be a little better. Um, to be honest, uh, I'm still waiting for, um, there's some people who are working on, uh, uh, basically, like a jailbreak uh, firmware for it. Um, It'll and happen. No, it it is like they're already doing it. <laughs> no, um, I, I I mean I mean there's I have no doubt that they'll finish soon. Rather. Yeah. So uh, once that comes out, like I'm hoping that's gonna 
prompts me to get a little more use out of it. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they can even improve some of the emulation on it. I don't know. I'm not right. sure if that's uh, how, how doable Sega that is. got into the console market again with the Game Gear Micro. Those did not release worldwide. Um, and I will say this. If the damn things last more than an hour in battery, it's a win. Well, unlike its its larger counterpart, uh, it's powered by two AAA batteries or through a USB charger. And I I have to say the funniest part about it is that the screen to make it to make the screen larger, which is like almost the same size as the one from the original console, <laughs> because the whole thing might as well be like the size of the original Game Gear screen. Yeah uh it, it, it's it's crazy stupid and then the last uh company that got into the hardware market last year or like notably got into the hardware market last year was atari as intoxication noted uh with the atari vcs which is a linux-based little micro console uh that is supposed to play some more modern titles i don't i don't really know anything about this thing other than it costs like between 200 and 400 dollars and um and nobody cares about it that sounds about right <laughs> that that's kind of what's cool that's about kind, it to be fair is. is that um they give you tools to make your own games well that's exactly it right it's like almost a developer console which right. i think is really cool and uh i think they're smart to do something unique like that it's just incredibly niche i think and that's mm-hmm. that's why it, it's weird to throw that out there amidst the other ones, which are either, you know, we talked about the Game & Watch and the Game Gear and the, the Turbo Graphics, and those are very much all uh, either anniversary releases or uh, retro releases of some kind, mm-hmm. um, obviously sparked by the, the NES classic a few years back. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I, I I don't know how those things do these days because they are, the, the market for them has easily, or has very clearly dried up since the, the I think the Genesis one or the PS, the PlayStation one uh, just did not do well. I don't think that the market's dried up. I think that the nostalgia isn't there the same yeah. way. Yeah. Nintendo will come, if Nintendo decides to turn things around and says, here's a Nintendo 64 classic, maybe they'll do it, maybe oh, they will that'll be big. That'll be big. It'll sell. If they turn around and decide to do a Game Boy uh, classic edition, it will sell. Nintendo has proven time and time again that their nostalgia works. Yeah, For God's yeah, sake, yeah, that's fair. they're releasing Skyward Sword. We'll get to that, but it's already the top seller on Amazon. So yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. what there was never a market for micro consoles. There was a market for it in Nintendo games. And there's always been a market for Nintendo games. Intoxication says like how Mario Party works for them, but not for others. Yeah, that uh, we talked about that last time, right? Yeah. The party yep. genre. They Nintendo's got a way of making making things work. I don't know. Hey but man, Apescape Ape Escape made it work. <laughs> I just want to say though, I would take a Dreamcast classic. You know, it's funny. I have a Dreamcast, so that's not even something that I would consider. And like, I also have more the more of the expensive titles on the system. So, do I really need another way to play Sonic Adventure and say like, no, you need Sonic a way Adventure to play and then really realize like, okay, Burns, you're, miss, you're missing, you're missing this. It's it's a way for you to play Choo Choo Rocket. 
<laughs> if I can't play a couch co-op, I don't want to play it. No, if um, you want to be able to play online. Because I was going to say, game, you could play that, that game that, online. That, that, that game doesn't have any online no, functionality. I made that game I'm online. They, look, only I, has been two releases. I disagree. I love Choo Choo Rocket. But if I can't yell at the guy sitting next to me, I don't want to play it. I, I, I would pay for a net play version of that game. Because the, the only two releases were on the Dreamcast and the Game Boy Advance. That's not true. It's on uh, mobile, and I'm pretty sure it's on PC as well. Oh, uh, it might be on mobile, but it's not on PC. We checked this once. Did we? It's definitely on mobile. You could be on an iPad yeah, we, for sure. We, we we checked this once. It's I think it's available on iOS and not Android or something like that. Well, I will say that you know lots of consoles last year, and really only two and a half. I mean, I say two that mattered, right? Xbox Series X. And S, <laughs> we'll just call them the same thing. Right? There's, like, there's the two thing. big ones that kind yeah. of overshadow the rest. Yeah. Yeah. But well, because the other ones are so teeny tiny. <laughs> they really are. They really they literally f- overshadow the rest. Yeah. And then you could buy the Xbox Series X fridge that overshadows even the uh, Series X. So um let's but let's give this uh you know a nice cap off, guys. What did we think about 2020 as a whole for gaming this year? It was a, it was an interesting year. We had a lot of delays this year. We didn't see uh Halo. We were supposed to see Halo, we didn't see it. Um, you know, a lot of COVID pandemic, it really caused some issues in the market. So what do we think? Um, I think that it was an interesting year. I don't think, I think with the pandemic hitting, um, there were initially a lot of delays. Nobody really knew what to expect. Um, and I think as a result of the pandemic, some really interesting things happened where you've got, okay, like, sure, Animal Crossing would have been successful either way, but I don't think it would have been nearly as successful as it is without a pandemic. Um, and then you've got games like uh, Fall Guys and Among Us. Among Us was huge oh. in 2020. That oh, game yeah. came out in 2018. Yeah. Um, and suddenly it's like one of the biggest games. Uh, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's playing it. Um, and again, I think that's because everyone's stuck at home and they're looking for ways to connect with each other. Uh, so you've got stuff like that happening. And, and then also just the whole thing we talked about with all the... Um, re-releases, remasters. Um, sure, I'm sure a lot of these were already in development. Maybe it says more about uh, the market as a whole right now. But um, some of them, I think, were capitalizing on, you know, kind of what can we do? What projects can we get out this year with this pandemic, with people, you know, maybe working from home, not able to come into the office a lot. So. I think it was uh, it was an interesting year for sure. Yeah, I agree, and I think that you know Among Us is really the one that really speaks to what the it's almost like a personification of 2020. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it it's it really gave us this outlet, and you know, a game that like you said came out two years ago, and yet it's it's a 2020 game right there. Mm-hmm. I, I played a lot of Among Us. I know all of us really did, and just because it was easy, fun. I still pl- I still play weekly with people. I don't play yeah. weekly anymore. I think it, I, I kind of dropped off for me a little bit, but uh, you know, once in a while, it's definitely got that. And, uh, it, it's 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 our it's my my friend group social interaction for the week. You know, we yeah. we may chat about stuff going on in our lives, but if we just want to, you know, shoot the shit and decompress for the week, we turn on Among Us for two hours, and that. I think between that and Animal Crossing, that's the like throughout all of 2020, that was my consistent games is jumping back and forth between the two. 
Sure. Well, we are now looking at a year that is, I mean, still in a pandemic, but I think we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, things are back on track. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think even though we're not out of the woods, so to speak, um, I think a lot of studios, a lot of companies um, have sort of figured out how 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 to make this work. So yeah, I think things are sort of getting back on track at this point. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk. What's what we got this year? I mean, there's there's a lot to cover here. Um, you know, I, I there's a lot of news. You know what? That... I'd like to maybe discuss since we just came off talking about hardware in 2020. Um, how are how are they doing? How are they doing so far? <laughs> what do you, and, what do we think about that? You know, it's a good question because this happens with every new console release, right? They come out, they come out of the gate swinging, right? You had your your Demon Souls, your Spider Man, Miles Morales, your Xbox with no games, and <laughs> you know they they come out swinging, and then they kind of slow for a bit because they always come out right before Christmas, and that first quarter of the year of the new year is usually a slower time for games. So, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's a good time with the PS5 to kind of go back to some of those PS4 games I didn't play or finish, and I can now play them yeah. in 4K. But it's not that the, the consoles are doing poorly; it's that we're waiting to see what's next. So, two thoughts on that: uh, one, both the new released consoles had uh, supply issues, and yes. also if you look at their sales numbers, because they both came out before Black Friday, if I remember correctly, uh, both of them were like surprisingly outperformed by the switch. So uh, which, which I, 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 I think normally, well, chip shortages. Yes. But I think like, if you look at, at new console launches, uh, I don't think it's as common for a competitor console who isn't next gen to do as well as they did over the holiday period. Uh, I mean, it was something like, I think it was the Japanese numbers where like, the switch was 98% of the market share for sales in in Q4 of 2020. The problem is I think you're looking at skewed numbers, and I don't think you can properly compare them. So intoxication's point about chip shortages is actually more telling than you think. Um, Sony and Microsoft cannot get them produced properly, and then they sell out as soon as they hit, because and there's just not enough of them. So the No, I, switch, I, I, I get that. Now, I'm here's just the saying, thing, like, though, is the Nintendo Switch outsells them, not because because a the stock is there and b uh they're they're more family friendly nintendo switch also has the nintendo switch Lite, which counts for some of those numbers and the nintendo sure switch but Lite- i, I I'm, I'm simply saying that like if we're looking at console launches and how they're doing launching a console that has a chip shortage at launch is a rough way to start but they, th- they also my- didn't have software so people aren't people are looking at, at what their options are and saying the PS4 is pretty cheap right now. But that's or not the even Xbox One is pretty it. cheap right now. That's not even it. So the fact of the matter is, is that you got to go back and blame pandemic because that's the problem. It's not that they had it was, oh, this was a rough way to go. It was they didn't really have a choice. And and it's not saying that, oh, people are looking and saying, hey, this is a better alternative. It's there is no alternative, right? Everyone's trying to get the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Incidentally, you can actually buy an Xbox Series S much easier. Um, I've had several opportunities to, I just don't want one, but the point is that it's not that people don't want them. They can't get them. So the numbers are skewed. And I don't think it says a lot about how the consoles are doing because, you know, I mean, you could say they're not doing well in terms of production, but that's not really what we're asking, right? Frostbite, you're asking, 
how are they doing in terms of as a next gen console? How are they doing? What's our software looking like? What's our lineup looking like? What's our, you know, and this is to that question, I'll say it, it's hard to tell at this point in time. And question mark. Ahead. You <laughs> yeah, know, you look ahead and yeah. there's a lot of good things on the horizon, which I think we should talk about on the horizon. <laughs> um, you know, PlayStation's got. If horizon, you fucking say West. Horizon, if you fucking say Horizon, Horizon, <laughs> Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West is a confirmed <laughs> title for 2021. It is going to be on PS4, to my understanding, but it is uh, developed with next gen in mind, um, similar to how Cyberpunk was done. Um, so, that being said, it is cross gen. Th- yeah, but that's what I just said. That it was developed more with the uh, next gen in mind. So. Um, but that that we got that coming. Sony just yesterday, if I get my dates correct, announced uh, PSVR 2.0. Yep. Yes, yes, that's interesting. Um, so that's going to be an interesting thing to look at this year as we go. You know, we we we've talked about VR a couple times, especially in our tech stream. We just talked about Half Life Alex and saying, "Wow, what a great game that looks like." That we have no way to actually try, like even if we wanted yep. to. That's how I feel about VR a lot. I don't. I'm sure PSVR 2.0 is going to be like as expensive as the PS5. And you think so? I, I don't know. Well, the PS4 okay, so VR so, was so. Was so, really? so here's my question for you guys: Does PS4 or does PSVR 1.0 become cheaper when 2.0 launches, or is it still the inaccessible hellhole that it's that VR <laughs> has always been? Because I am bank and betting on the latter. I hope you're wrong. I, I, think, I think you're right, but I hope I, you're I, wrong. I, because I, I, I think Sony doesn't understand and will do the exact same thing they've always done. What do you but, mean by that? They, they push, and we may see it in, in tomorrow's state of play, but they push VR as if it's like this equivalent to console gaming. Uh, they push it as if it's a platform on the same level as handheld and, and mobile and console gaming and then release hardware that it, that both requires console hardware mm-hmm. and has equivalent costs. And then expect that it's going to draw huge markets and are surprised when, you know, they put out a big release only on VR and nobody touches it. Look, like I said. I really, really, really think you're right, but I also really hope you're wrong. Um, it's hard to it's hard to say too much about what you know PSVR 2.0 is going to look like, though. We, they've just kind of announced that they're doing it. We haven't really seen it yet, and yeah. I'm not sure there was a lot of system sellers on VR yet. But it's something to look at. But you know, PlayStation Five. Otherwise, like I said, Horizon Forbidden West is certainly looked at as a big one coming. Um, God of War Ragnarok is probably going to get pushed out of this year. Um, from what I've been reading, so bit of a disappointment there. Um, I think what's more interesting is actually looking over at Xbox side of things, and I'm not just talking about Series X and S. I'm just talking about Xbox as a platform because that's what Microsoft <clears throat> wants us to talk about, right? We got to look at Halo. We should have seen Halo already, and we and it got delayed, and it got delayed almost a year, and it was supposed to be a launch title, right? Right. Halo is the one to look at it from Microsoft this year. Um, we need to see Halo Infinite. Probably, yeah. Uh, Probably. I don't know. Did you guys have how much Halo have you guys played uh, over the past couple of years? Uh, 
I, I, I mean, I played through the first two games for the first time. Uh, but just the first two. two yeah, during during the year that I did the 52 games in 52 weeks. Right. Ross, you, you have Halo experience? Uh, no, I've never I've never been a Halo guy. I, I mean, I've, I, I've also played the multiplayer on all of the subsequent games. I've played like, a bit that, of multiplayer. Here and the multi, there, multiplayer is great. Always great. Um, even in Halo 5, the multiplayer is great. But I think that the story has taken a dive <laughs> in the last couple of games. Um, mm-hmm. I played through... Uh, I played through all f- the first four on Master Chief Collection a few years ago, and then I played Halo 5 when it came out. I'm really hoping Infinite turns that around, because Halo 5 is, narratively speaking, is a massive disappointment, and I think, you know, you're asking, how are these next-gen things looking? Halo Infinite is going to determine how Microsoft looks look, uh, in next-gen going forward. Interesting. Yeah. So... Yeah, and I mean, if we're talking, how are these guys looking? Let's talk Switch too. As Switch looking for twenty twenty, Switch is looking, in my opinion, uh, fantastic. Like they're still holding their own. Uh, oh yeah, they, I, I, I have no concerns platform. with regards to. to, to I was I was writing down some of my most anticipated games, and uh, there is not a single, obviously not a single Xbox exclusive because I didn't get the new Xbox. But there are no PS five exclusives on my list either. But there are some Switch exclusives. Now, when you say PS5 uh, exclusive, do you mean PS5 or just PlayStation in general? PlayStation, PlayStation okay. exclusives. Okay, because yeah. Horizon is on my list. Uh, well, I haven't played the out. first one. Neither have so, I, but it's I have which it. you have, but you have access to it because it's on the the PS Plus collection. It is not. It's not really. It, no. it is not. No, that is weird uh no i think i think it will be eventually i think they did it you know what purpose. it probably isn't because it's also getting that pc release no, it, did it already did it yeah. did get the pc release and that is exactly right it, the playstation 5 came out not that long after it dropped on pc and i think that uh they decided to hold off on the free versions so it could sell more on pc well i'm yeah. kind of thinking that i would rather get it on pc but i'm waiting to see to, uh i'm waiting for some I, more patches because it, when it came out right. the all reports were saying that it was pretty, it was pretty buggy and didn't run well on certain systems. But anyway. so, so I'm going to say something that I don't normally say about about big games like this. If if you can get it for free, get it for free because it's it's one of those games where like I bought it full price with the complete edition on PS4, and I finished it and I finished the DLC and I kind of did it because I felt I owed it to myself to give the game a fair shake and i by like the, the maybe the halfway point first third of the after the first third of the game i was like i i know this game is not for me it's just very bland generic open now world game you saying that and i've only played like the first like couple hours of it but acknowledge that that is an unpopular opinion um it, 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 it also well it also hasn't it has an audience that generally speaking played it before bigger uh newer open world games came out later in the same year that totally changed how open world games have played since and that's fair but i will i will say forbidden west is certainly um one i'm looking forward to this year but i agree with you for us about that switch i i got games on there that i'm really looking forward to we're gonna have some totally average gaming uh, Monster Hunter Rise streams, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think we have right. to, yeah. I, I think we have to. We kind of started this whole thing doing Monster Hunter World, so I think we're gonna do some totally average Monster Hunter Rise 
Um, and as far as I know, that's a Switch exclusive, right? We all have to. We all have to have our, our Palamutes. There are so there. Uh, the, there's a rumor floating around that it's coming to PC. Everyone, for some reason, everyone's saying it's after six months it'll be on PC. There, there are people who uh, will state this as a fact in like every single YouTube comment section. PC Masteries. All right, so so I, I I will say something, which is that historically, Capcom exclusives on on Nintendo platforms are not ever exclusive. Well, and no, this, I mean it's this just, this, I, this, this started I, on the GameCube where they had the Capcom Five, which became like the Capcom Three, uh, and then I think all of them have since been ported to other platforms, with the exception of maybe one, um, but like. If there's money in it for Capcom to have timed exclusivity, uh, they'll they'll make their deal into a timed exclusive deal, and we'll all think it's platform exclusive permanently. But that's rarely the case. Well, do you guys I, really want to have... wait six months to play Monster Hunter? Well, the, exactly. Like I have no, I would not be surprised. I have no doubt that it will be ported to other platforms eventually. Um, I just think that uh, I just don't know why everyone seems so certain about it. It's because of that. It was part of that Capcom leak um, mm-hmm. that said that uh, that Rise would be coming to PC later. But um, there were no Nailed. like firm details on that. I think it was just honestly like and they haven't and they've basically denied it all but denied it <laughs> up to, the, to this point. So to, to just like count on that as a fact, I think is kind of silly. But sure. Uh, I agree. And uh, like I said, I'm not waiting six months to play it. Maybe it will come to PC, yeah. but if so, it comes to PC, does it get get uh, cross progression? Maybe, maybe nah. not. I don't care. I, our Monster Hunter World streams were awesome. They were just a lot of fun. That game's a lot of fun co-op, and I don't really want to wait to do that. So um, yeah. even, we don't have to do it every week, maybe it, you know, but it's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, I'll be playing the crap out of, out of Rise. That's one I'm really looking forward oh, to. Yeah. Yeah. So other, um, other Nintendo ones that I definitely want to play though. Um, we have we just saw on our Nintendo Direct last week, Mario Golf. <laughs> what do we got? Mario Golf Super Rush. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yep. 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 I I uh, I haven't really played a Mario Golf game a lot since the sixty four one. I played a little bit of the GameCube one. Man, this game so, is good. <laughs> it, it's it's funny because everybody. Apparently, the consensus is that the the GameCube game is is great, and I just can't get into it. But I played the 3DS game, and because I got that for free at some point from uh from it was either Club Nintendo or My Nintendo in the very early days of My Nintendo, and uh that game is fantastic. It feels a lot like um it feels a lot like 64 in terms of like the the, the craziness and the you know, the, the one thing I'll say is like bring back mini golf Nintendo. But it's mini golf. We miss speed golf. Yeah, yeah. Speed I, golf also. Look, the speed, speed golf, golf thing looks me, like there, a lot the, of fun. There's another golf game, and I can't remember what it is. It's a like a 2D golf game that plays exactly like speed golf. It's just it's always your turn, and it's everyone's trying to race to get into the hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what the game is, but um. Yeah, the Mario Golf looks great, and honestly, it's a Camelot title, so I have faith that they will get it right. Yeah, I'm like low key excited for a golf game, which is really weird to me, but yeah, it looks That's like how, fun. That's exactly <laughs> there's, there's, there's only two. There's only two golf 
franchises that I actually have ever gotten into. And one's Mario Golf and the other is Ribbit King, which oh my God, mo- Ribbit King. I fucking love Ribbit King. A lot um, of people, uh, for some reason, have seemed to have a soft spot for that game. Have you played it? Um, I've watched. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Intoxications in chat. He, Bring I've back watched, Ribbit King. I've watched him play Ribbit King. Okay, so Ribbit King feels like if uh, the spirit of Mario Golf 64 lived on into the following generation. Mm-hmm. It's just like that over-the-top, goofy kind of golf game um, that knows that it's it's a cartoon golf game. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's not trying to be, you know, PGA World Tour. Uh, it doesn't take itself year. seriously. Yeah. My favorite it's, golf it's, it's, game it's, of all time is Kirby's Dream Course. I I really like Kirby's Dream Course. I have a soft spot for it. I have finished that Super game. Fun. I just can't believe all three of us are excited for a golf game. We are not sports gamers yeah. here, and all three of us are sitting here talking about how excited <laughs> we are for a golf game. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting June. I'll give you that. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, before we talk about some other games coming out this year, I just kind of wanted to briefly touch on some of the the uh, acquisitions that happened this year and kind of the the games that have resulted from them. Um, if that's cool by you guys, go for mm-hmm. it. Uh, so Nintendo purchased Next Level Games. You you know them because they did the Last Luigi's Mansion, among other uh, things. Okay. Yeah, but it's uh, uh, that's a they they, they were uh, effectively quality. a second party studio who is yeah. now first party. Um, Lucasfilm revived Lucasfilm Games to to take back the uh, license held by EA, and that we is have- cool. And we have now confirmed Star Wars games coming from other publishers as well. I think Ubisoft yes, already confirmed that, one. Ubisoft and, and Massive Entertainment. Yeah. Um, Yo-Yo Games, the developers of the Game Maker software, were acquired by Opera to establish an Opera gaming division. That's just weird, but okay. Yeah, it, we're never going to hear it, about it, that it, again. We're, we're probably never going to hear about that again, but I think that's that's an interesting one. Um uh, Vicarious Visions was merged into Blizzard Entertainment. That is that one interests me the most. And and we'll get back to that because we know what game they worked on. Yes, yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk about that very soon. Uh, I have Google a lot Shut- to say about that. <laughs> Google shuttered its internal Stadia uh, games and entertainment division. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I was looking into like some of the names attached to that studio, um, or those two studios rather. And like there are some really notable figures in there. Like some, I think it was like the the one of the the uh, longtime uh, heads, uh, former heads of uh, Double Fine, was running part of that division. And it's like I didn't even know they had left Double Fine, but they were apparently making games for Stadia. But not anymore. Um, yeah. Uh, the Embracer, uh, the Embracer Group acquired Gearbox Software, Asper Media, and Easy Brain. Wait, who? Who? Embracer Group. Uh, never heard of them. Nope. Uh, Wait, does electronic? It, but, but you said Gearbox. Yeah, they acquired Gearbox. Wasn't Gearbox owned by by Two K? Uh, I th- think so. Uh, Embracer or- Group is formerly uh, THQ Nordic. Or maybe they were just publishing. Um, yeah, maybe so they weren't the, owned by Two K. Maybe Two K was just they, they, they changed. They changed their name. They used to be THQ Nordic. Oh, Two K is still involved. 
somehow. Uh, I think so. Interesting. Uh, EA completed its its acquisition of Codemasters. So we were just talking about F1 uh, 2020. Hmm. Again, that was Codemasters. Now it's in the EA sports game. game. It's in the game. It's in the game. Um, uh, So yeah, those are the big acquisitions. Um, And then, you know, like a bunch of the, the, uh, a bunch of the big events for this year that would normally be held uh, in person are all going digital this year. They didn't go digital last year, uh, except for Tokyo Game Show, which is apparently planned to happen physically. Well, I do recommend not going over there. I mean, there's still going to be Olympics in Japan, which might make things not so good there. So, yeah, well, that's a separate issue altogether. Um, Okay, so let's jump back for a second. Vicarious Visions. Yeah. Okay, let's talk. So BlizzCon just happened. Um, BlizzCon just happened to you for us, but you're the uh, you're the (laughs) you're you got Diablo covered here. (laughs) Oh boy. Yes. Um, I mean, so much. this was a really this was a pretty solid BlizzCon actually. Don't you especially, have phones? Especially compared to uh, <laughs> especially compared to that one. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, admittedly, not the biggest Warcraft guy, but I. Uh, so they did announce like just to, before we get to Diablo because I could talk about Diablo for hours, but. Um, uh, they did announce World of Warcraft Classic. They're they're going to be releasing Burning Crusade servers for Classic, which is the first expansion. Uh, was was the first expansion for World of Warcraft, and for a lot of people, myself included, um, that is kind of the the definitive classic. Wow, basically. I have to ask this because I thought the whole idea of World of Warcraft Classic originally. And I, I'm saying this as someone who's never played World of Warcraft. But the whole idea of the classic servers were that it stripped it back down to nothing. Now, isn't releasing an expansion, even if it's just a re-release of one of the earlier expansions, isn't that basically just saying it's no longer classic again? Well, hold on. So I, th- I think I kind of get their mentality, though. It's they're stripping it down to nothing for people who want to start back at zero. It, I don't know. I'm genuinely right? asking the and question. Then, and, then bu- and then building it back up and building it back up maybe differently this time around. So are they just re-releasing so I- the exact same game? over like back from the beginning just and they're just gonna keep doing it for the next 15 years and then they're gonna go back to classic again <laughs> like i don't understand so the, the it's the, i f- think this is really interesting because um it says something about uh about games as a service and about game preservation because the world of warcraft was released in 2004 and it's been available it's been running it's been online ever since then and yet it's a completely different game now than it was back then. So it's like the WoW, the WoW I played in 2004 until WoW Classic came out, you couldn't, nobody could play that. I could describe it to you. It's not the same WoW you could play now. And you, there was no way that you could go back and play that without maybe some like uh, third-party mods or something. But um, but yeah, like I, I, so I kind think of like, re- it, I think is that like the equivalent of like the, what was it, FF14, A Realm Reborn? Where they just blew up the old world and it, it was effectively a brand new MMO. Uh, uh, no, they've never really. The closest thing they got to that, and uh, so I dropped off playing WoW after um, the second expansion, which was um, Wrath of the Lich King. I stopped playing during that. But um, from what I know, uh, Cataclysm was the expansion that had the biggest change to the world itself. Um, 
that was the closest they got to the uh, realm reborn sort of thing. So I think, and honestly, yeah, I think like, um, and I think that I think that ticked off a lot of players. And I think even if they took classic as far as that, um, that would make a lot of people happy. But uh, from my understanding is, um, if I've got my information correct, I think what they're doing with this is they're going to keep the classic classic vanilla classic servers but they're adding burning crusade servers as well so now you can play either version so i am kind of right though to an extent that they're basically re-releasing the exact same game and capitalizing and you know doing the whole thing and give us money sure they're capitalizing but people want it Uh, oh yeah don't get me wrong but i i I was right (laughs) i mean this is no different it's really no different than um what Nintendo is doing, re-releasing Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess. Like, hey, those I games, know I'm a sucker. <laughs> and, and the timeline on those games is, is very similar as well. Like, yeah. No. Um, I, I was just wondering if that's what, it, if it was truly like a re-release or if they were just I, stripping the game back down. Like I was, I was really unsure because I'm not a WoW guy. So, and, and if you pay into the subscription for WoW, you get WoW Classic automatically. How, how yeah, that work so again? I mean, I'm not really a fan of this, and I, I get why they're doing it from a business perspective. But it's all under the same subscription. So when you subscribe, you can play classic, or you can play uh, what they call retail, like the the current version. Uh, you can play okay. them both. You can play whatever you want. Uh, they you have to download separate clients for them, but your subscription okay. gives you access to both. Well, so then you're you're not really paying for the old game. Yeah, I unless guess they up um, unless they up the subscription fee. Uh, it's the same, same, same subscription fee. Yeah, okay. so you 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 actually um you don't have to buy the game. You don't have to buy the box anymore. Uh, no, you just pay the sub. I miss I miss game. seeing those boxes everywhere. Yeah, right. I I understand though, but that was not the biggest news that came out of BlizzCon. Uh, no, we'll, we'll get to that in a second though. But with regards to Vicarious Visions, uh, just kind of their last figures have been kind of big for them um yeah sure let's look at what they've worked on 2017 they worked they did some support for bungie for destiny 2 and they did the crash bandicoot insane trilogy um they in 2020 they put out tony hawk's pro skater 1 and 2 which was just announced for uh all platforms that it wasn't available for at its original launch right i don't know why they chose to delay the launch on on switch I get the the delaying launch on on modern platforms, but um, usually it, you see it, that a lot because Switch is a very vastly different hardware. Uh, very different yeah, I, 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 I get that. I just mean like, I feel like at some point you have to be able to say, okay, we're gonna give it to this porting team so that they all come in at the same time, and rarely do they don't care. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, like, I, I I get that. It just it's it's happened continuously with vicarious vision software which is why i bring it up but uh because this happened with crash as well where it came out much later on switch even though it sold the best on switch well yeah and it's the best format for it i think it's just because they like i said it's it's very different hardware so it just takes longer to make and they don't want to wait to capitalize on on the revenue so it makes sense just release yeah. what you got go ahead and fix the ports now, later. now I, I think the tragedy of of their acquisition is that uh any any hope that they were going to be involved in, with Tony Hawk more in the future is kind of gone um but but yeah so the of course this year they they are putting out Diablo 2 Re- Resurrected 
um, which I think was the big news that you were referring to. That's the one that's getting the most press from what I can see. Um, yeah, because yeah. because Overwatch Two doesn't have a launch date in sight. Uh, they showed Diablo a- Four. Nor does Diablo 4. To be fair, they showed a lot of cool stuff for, for both of those games. Overwatch 2. Oh, yeah, they, they, they showed plenty of stuff. That's not the, the problem. It's just that yeah. they had a, there's no a long, conference. There's no launch window at all. Um, they, yeah, they had a, a full section of the conference for each of those games. And, mm-hmm. you know. But they're not really on the 2021 radar, which is kind of what we're talking about. No, so. but we're, if we're talking about BlizzCon, since it's already happened. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, let's talk Diablo 2 Resurrected. I, I'm super excited about as, about this, as are probably uh, millions of others. Um, <laughs> I I actually, I, I will admit, so I played a lot of the first Diablo game um, when that came out in, uh, I think it was 1996. Um, I had an older stepbrother <laughs> who got the game, and um, I... I used to watch him play it and like that was it was an online you could play it online which was like really cool back then and then uh and then i got into it myself and um i played a lot of it i beat it um played the there uh, is no ps1 played the ps1 port uh, <laughs> as well a little bit when that came out um i did play diablo 2 uh, i think i finished it i think like a, i'm honestly half the game i think a friend of mine like pretty much rushed me through the game on his high level character or something. But um, I never actually owned Diablo two. My I never ha- owned my own copy. Um, uh, and it's these days it's, you can get it running, but it, it's a little bit janky and uh, it looks really dated. So I'm really excited to like properly, properly play through Diablo two kind of, kind of for the first time, if you know what I mean? Like I, I'm excited for it too. Um, I've never really played it. I knew people who had it. And then I mm-hmm. got really excited when Diablo 3 came out because I'm like, yeah, I'm finally going to try a Diablo game. And I have never been more hurt. <laughs> or <played laughs> which, which apparently D3 is just a totally different type of game than apparently, 1 and 2 were. It's so apparently it's actually quite good now, but it took like five it's, years. It, but it's, it's, not, it's not about good or bad here. It's, it's just a very different game from the other two. Mm-hmm. And so people went in kind of expecting more of what Diablo one and two were very uh, open for for players to to kind of create their character and create the the experience that they they had because uh, I have a very similar background with with Diablo one and two that Frostbite has um, in that I never owned the game but I I played through a lot of it because I had friends who had it and we were all into Blizzard game Blizzard PC games back in the day mm-hmm. um, and. D3 is apparently just like your character is effectively decided by your class. And because the game doesn't have, you know, customizable armor and, and effects on those armors and things like that, it has uh, skill trees. And so if you've chosen, you know, the rogue, the rogue has the set number of of skills and all those characters are eventually going to end up the same way. Right. There's no Um, rogue by the way, but <laughs> yeah, I, I know I, I just chose a generic RPG archetype, but um, y- you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I too am excited for Diablo too. Um, I watched the trailers. I'm kind of hyped for it. I, it's not usually my kind of game, but I don't, I, no, I'm excited for it. 
it uh it looks man like yeah just seeing the, all the gameplay that they've shown i can't help but feel like i really wish that that's what diablo 3 looked like <laughs> um with diablo 3 they did the whole they gave it really that like sort of warcrafty blizzard slightly they, cartoony they, 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 vibe. they gave they gave it the post wow yeah. visual yeah yeah well, and cuz it, it's just it just isn't diablo have we talked about this before that like before wow all of uh blizzard's franchises kind of had their own individual uh aesthetics to them and then they tried to unify them in a way post wow so like yeah. everything kind of has the same visual style to them you yeah. know hearthstone and and wow and yeah. overwatch they all vaguely look like they were done by the same artist yeah uh they all probably were <laughs> Well, yeah, but but maybe. but it's like they said, you know, like, all right, we like your stuff. Just keep doing it. it uh, oh, fantasy game. It's not a it's not a tech uh, high tech uh, futuristic game. Oh, don't worry about it. It'll, it can all look the same. Did they drop a date uh, on Diablo 2? I don't remember. Um, Not yet. It, it, they have said that it is coming this year, but there's no date yet. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, this summer, but my gut tells me probably a holiday release. But it looks like um from everything they've shown, like it looks like it's almost done. Be so, very exciting. Uh, I just want to also, I would like to touch on the technology side of it. Cause it sounds really cool. Um, the way they've described it is that they're basically running the original Diablo two engine under the hood. And then um, they've just got this new, they've got new graphics on top. Yeah, of they're, it. They're, 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 they're just throwing a mask on top of the old game. Whatever Even works. to the point, that um, the original game ran at uh, a certain frame rate. I don't know. Uh, let's say it was 30 frames per second. Um, the original game ran at 30 frames um, and the frame rate was tied to, it was 20, okay, 25. It ran at 20, 25 FPS and the game logic um, was tied to that frame rate and, and um, a lot of games do this still. Um, but um, that means that they wouldn't really be able to increase that frame rate without altering the game logic. So what they did is they have that um, those ticks of 25 ticks per second running behind the scenes, but then they're just showing so so that like uh, when calculating your damage, when calculating pretty much anything that the game needs to calculate, it's happening 25 times per second. But then they they're showing the smoother, uncapped frame rate animations uh, over top of that. So it's really cool the way they've the way yeah. they've achieved that, I think. Def- definitely hyped for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to say, though, I haven't played a Blizzard game properly since StarCraft. Like, War- Warcraft 3 right here. Well, I have both the battle chests for StarCraft and, uh, and Warcraft 3 up on the shelf. And, like, that was... Th- those were my, my middle school days. You know, was just non-stop starcraft and warcraft but um i like i never got into starcraft 2 i never got into uh hearthstone or or wow or watch you know well, i got into overwatch okay so, so so my my fiance plays overwatch uh competitively and i just we talked about the fact that i'm not really into shooters before and so like it does not help its case i, I just can't get into it yeah um that's fair it's not for everybody but, mm-hmm. but also, like 
she and and she for what it's worth she went to blizzcon two years ago she was there for the uh don't you guys have phones oh no <laughs> yeah she was she she was in the room for that <laughs> by the way uh that game um diablo immortal you know they they said a lot about it this year and um like it's actually uh i think now that they've announced diablo 4 now that like they're they've shown all diablo 4 stuff they've shown diablo 2 remake coming out um they've sort of been i think they've been forgiven for that and um actually diablo immortal is shaping up to look like it might be a pretty cool the biggest problem with it is that they announced it when everyone was expecting diablo 4 yeah that's exactly it if they had flashed to logan we talked about this i think once maybe we talked about this on discord and not on a, a podcast that like a lot, a lot of the time that companies will get flack for announcing a game without like a, a game, a mobile port or whatever that people don't really care about without also announcing something mainline in the series. Yeah. You know, people get frustrated and you've seen Bethesda do shit like this because they had, uh, <laughs> yeah, which was yeah. it? Was it Elder Scrolls? Elder Scrolls Swords was announced at the same show that Elder Scrolls Six was. Yeah, and, and all they, they knew, did was and say they, that all they had exists. to do was was play the music and show the the logo. Yeah, and yeah. say like, "Hey, it's not coming for another five years." And but, we're but they were like, "Okay, cool, you're working on it. It's not just this mobile game nobody cares about." Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, I think Nintendo did something similar once with Metroid. They showed Metroid. Uh, Metroid. Well, no, they showed. Uh, they revealed, I think it was um, when they were first showing off Federation Force, they they showed off uh, the Metroid 2 remake. I think that was the same show. And um, it was kind of like, oh, don't worry, there is other Metroid content coming. Um, yeah, what a flop. <laughs> yeah, well. Anyway. Well, we, you know. Blizzard's, you know, leading the way with we are with a nice remaster here. We 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 were talking before about you know, 2020 was this year of remake remakes and remasters. We got lots more coming this year that some I am excited for. Uh, we already mm-hmm. mentioned Skyward Sword, um, not my favorite Zelda game. Still excited to play it again. We there's not much we need to say on that. That just happened uh, last week. That that announcement, Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah, oh, I got I wrote that one down as well. I mm-hmm. think. Uh... I think I'll I think I'll pick it up. I don't know if I'll pick it up day one, but I, I have. It's been enough time. I think I can replay. Uh, I can play through those games again. Uh, I've never played all any of them. I have all three of them. I think I bought them from you, Frostbite, and I never played them. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but I have them, and I think if I'm going to play them, I might as well play them in 4K 60 FPS. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I I I think I've got copies of them. They're not mine, but I they're probably not for me, but we'll see what happens. Did you hear about the drama with the uh with the butt shots? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh yes. <laughs> it's uh it's pretty silly. Uh, it's such look, a made up drama. It is, yeah. Like honestly. All right, hold on. I I I missed this. What is oh, this? Okay, yeah. For, for you and for anyone else who doesn't know about it, let me just explain. So in Mass Effect 2, um one of the main side characters um is Miranda and she her sort of backstory is that she's been genetically uh not modified but like crafted to be okay. like to be like a perfect specimen. Um she's like you know she's super smart, 
I think um, I see where this is going. She's super attractive. Uh, she's she's like she's the perfect specimen, right? So, um, but that game spends a lot of tra- a lot of time uh, appreciating uh, her her physical assets, and um, that was a way to put it. Appreciate some sometimes at uh, some possibly inappropriate times, or or it just gets excessive. Um, and, uh, you know, even back then, it's not a lot of people playing it. We're kind of like, there's one scene in particular where she's like, you know, spilling her finally kind of opening up to you about her, her, her family and her, her, where she came from. And meanwhile, the camera's just like staring at her ass and and a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. So, so they've decided they're going to. They're going to modernize. They're going to modernize that a little bit. And all they're doing. And this time is, it'll be staring at her chest. No, well, no, it's going to be on her on her face. It's going to be showing the emotions on her face because that's what it, what it should do. And in, in the case like that, like it's just it makes sense for the story. Uh, and it's just it doesn't need to be, like it's less gratuitous. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's no reason for, for it to do that. And people thought it was weird back then. And, and it just makes sense to change it, especially in 2021, I think. And but. So many people are up in arms about like they're just changing a camera angle here and there, and people are so upset. Like people, people love to throw. Sorry, I'm gonna going off on a bit of a tangent here, but people love to throw around the term censorship. Oh, they're censoring. I I was I was about to comment on that. Yeah, it's not (laughs) censorship because there's no there's no governing body that is censoring it. The the devs, the people who work on the game, have decided we want to improve our game. We're choosing are, are, to make. Are this you change. familiar? Are you familiar with what happened with uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions on Switch? Oh, uh, I, I remember hearing about this, but re- remind me. Okay, so the game launched. It was originally on Wii U. Uh, it was. It's a pseudo Shin Megami Tensei and and Fire Emblem crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had characters. The whole thing's kind of about the Japanese idol industry. Yeah, and. Uh, and the characters, some of them are sexualized. And in the North American release, they, uh, when they localized it, they decided that some of those character models had to be changed. Now, this was Atlas who decided this, not Nintendo. Um, yeah. Everyone came down so again, hard on Nintendo for it. But like, but like they, they, they changed the models. They, they don't all look great, but they, they changed the models so they're less, less sexual. When the remake uh came out on switch uh the the remaster port um both the japanese and the western releases of the game are uh are based on that north american version Mm. with the the changed models um on the wii u people were like well i can't import the japanese version so i can't like it, it won't run on a north american wii u it's like i guess i'm stuck with what i got but on the switch they're like oh i'll just buy the japanese version because the system's region mm. free and of course they're like oh they censored it and it's like <laughs> no they this is the developers chose to change their existing yeah. game yeah. because they didn't like the the way they'd sexualized their own characters and well or maybe they just thought um i mean it's also possible that that without changing them it would have received a higher rating in in some countries and maybe I, I, they didn't it want probably that. would have but like which is like, which is a perfectly acceptable reason to change something like this that. this is why i said it's a fake outrage it's yeah such well, a, and it's, it, 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 it it's funny because it's like for i would say 90 percent of the game it's irrelevant it's just like a few I was gonna say that, yeah 
it's it's a few CG cutscenes where you would actually notice it. Everywhere else, like the character models are completely covered up normally anyway. So like it's not something you would ever notice. Uh and it makes the outrage even like more ridiculous. It's silly. So it totally reminds me of that situation. Yeah. Well, something very not mature coming very soon, actually. I think in the next uh, month or so. Hmm. Um, new Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah. Everyone's favorite rail shooter. Um, for, uh, you know, I, I gotta be honest. People would look at this game through nostalgia glasses. I went and played it again about a year ago. It's not good. It was never good. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. That, that's I, a hot I, take. I, what? Sorry? That's a hot take. It's a hot take, but it's more... It's is it really? Think about what the game is. It's it's a rail shooter. I just said so. <laughs> right. But Pokemon, especially back in the nineties, you know, you had it was battling, it was simple, you know, you're catching, battling, and they had Pokemon Stadium, which was just the battles. And then you had Pokemon Snap, which is here's a not even a full roster of Pokemon. You know how people felt about that with Sword and Shield, but back in those days it was fine. Yeah, that, I, I don't think that's a fair no, but, comparison. But my point is, is that you know it's a rail shooter where all you do is take pictures. It's not a bad game, but I can't figure out why it's it was so popular. Why it's become this you're cult t- classic? You're talking. You're talking about the era that had uh, Pokemon Spaghettios, right, or Alpha Gettys, or whatever the brand was. The the Heinz noodle shapes right like yeah you're you're, you're talking about a, a generation who grew up or eating those and coming home to watch the pokemon tv show and you know even in, in japan the first version of pokemon stadium didn't have all of the pokemon it had like a third of them yes the one um, that didn't release here yeah correct. the one that didn't release here so like you know in the context of of that generation a a a game that doesn't include all of the Pokemon probably doesn't matter as, as much. No, and well, it doesn't matter as much. In the context of this generation. It definitely does in not matter context, today when there's like 800. In the, but. In the context of, of this generation, nobody's going to want a, a, a roster of 800 Pokemon to take pictures of. They're just not. No, but like, my point is, is that I can't believe that we're finally getting a new Pokemon Snap game when I can't believe that it's withstood the test of time this well. So that's an interesting release. And... I don't want to speculate too much here, but there's been a lot of rumors the past week. Um, there's been a couple of weird leaks, uh, unconfirmed that we are going to get a new Pokemon title this year. It's been rumored before, but we might be seeing a Gen 4 remake, and I will just say this is also the 20, uh, 25th anniversary year, I believe, of Pokemon. It, it is. So uh, the, the announcement would come in three days for those who are counting, because uh, I believe it's the 27th is Pokemon Day. Um, so if you are keeping an eye out for Pokemon news, that is the day to look out for it. Uh, probably worth noting it would happen in Japan's February 27th, not North America's February 27th. So if you're wondering why the Pokemon uh, Twitter account isn't tweeting, uh, it's probably because they did 14 hours earlier. Right. And another thing to remember is that, you know, I know the Zelda anniversary just passed. Um, that doesn't mean Nintendo's not going to do something to celebrate a little bit later. But Pokemon does operate a little bit differently because the Pokemon company. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a little outside Nintendo here. It's worth noting that it's also been two years since Sword and Shield released. And uh, the Pokemon company operates as a um, as a a multi platform, multi multi multimedia, whatever you want to call it, uh, entity. And so um, 
decisions aren't just based on selling games. They're based on selling trading cards and they're based on, on putting out a new season of the anime and they're based on, you know, all of the other merch that they can push, push out there. Um, and so the, it's part of the reason that the franchise has been almost annualized at this point uh, is because they need it in order to push out all this other content. So with Pokemon having taken a year off effectively, um, you can expect that there's probably some kind of announcement this year. Yeah. Wasn't there a rumor of uh, another Pokemon Let's Play or Let's Go, whatever it's called? Yep. It's been uh, rumored for about a year now that we might get a Let's Go Johto, right? Gen 2. Um, I, again, certainly a possibility that we might see that. I, I The Gen 4 remakes have been rumored for a couple years now um, as in development. So I, I don't want to talk too, you know, speculate too much. It, it's unannounced stuff, but there was some uh, things this past week that point directly to an upcoming announcement. So, um, yeah, here's uh, say, but we will just, see. just quick one off question here. Uh, you guys played Pokemon recently, which Pokemon? or at all, which Pokemon, any, any, any of them, not since I, uh, didn't finish crown tundra last fall. Cool. Nah. Frostbite. Nah. Frostbite. I know that that was your cat, but from behind it looked like it was a, Justin's behind it looked like it was a raccoon just jumped on your desk. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I had, but no, I haven't played any Pokemon recently. Not since uh, I I played Sword and Shield when they came out. I beat the story, and that was pretty much it. Okay. Um, and I I can't speak for either of you, but I really haven't been impressed by Pokemon in many many years. So, um, even though I've played all of them, I probably haven't had much love for the, the franchise since 2011. Yeah, I mean, I think Sword and Shield were were decent. I think they're a step in the right direction, but uh, it just feels like they're not really pushing the bar that much. They don't have to push the bar that much. I um, know. Game Freak and Nintendo, Pokemon anyway. Company, they've, pro- <laughs> yep, they've proven that they can slap the Pokemon label on anything and it will sell. So they yeah. don't have to put that much effort into it. And we can, I don't want to get into a whole Pokemon debate here. You, you, you know, all three of us could probably talk about that for a whole podcast too. But um, maybe we will someday. Maybe we will someday. Um, but yeah, like I said, there are, there is some potential Pokemon news, but we are getting a new Pokemon Snap this year. That is confirmed. Uh, I, I'm cool with it not being Gen 4 if there is new Pokemon, because <laughs> that's my opinion of Gen 4. <laughs> yeah. Which one's Gen 4? Uh, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. I actually do have a soft spot Never for it. I, I acknowledge it's not the best, but I have a soft spot because I actually had skipped Gen 3 back when it first came out, and I came back with Gen 4. So it's just a soft spot, but... Yeah. Cool. yeah. Alright. Let's let's uh, yeah. look at... I, I'm looking at we'll some We'll talk other Pokemon stuff. at another point in time, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Well, let, me, uh, let me drop one. Uh, I know you guys aren't really into this... Um, franchise, but um, I'm looking at Resident Evil Village coming up in, on May 7th. I'm not that into this franchise, and I'm still looking at Resident Evil Village because it looks amazing. It looks pretty it's good. Because everybody's yeah. really into that tall woman, right? Oh my god! <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad that I, I feel like the internet has finally uh, the memes are dead. down about Let that a little bit, but it was like <laughs> so over the top. Um, yeah, I don't know, just. Whatever. <laughs> when, when, anyway. when do we fucking get to the point where people started simping for Resident Evil characters? Oh come on! Don't, have you don't been be on? Have you been on the internet? Like that. <sighs> you, were, oh. you, were, you know, you were almost a chill sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but no, it, it does look pretty cool. Uh, it's sounding like it's going to be um, hopefully a nice marriage between the styles of Resident Evil 7 and um, Resident Evil 4. So, uh, yeah, you just that pretend that like 5 and 6 cool. don't exist. Yeah, I'm. Okay. That's the rule, right? What? We just pretend that 5 and 6 don't exist, right? <laughs> Some people <laughs> like them. Pretty much. They, uh, they weren't yeah, exactly big hits. Village definitely is got me interested. It, and I'm it, not even a player. Like, I'm not even a Resident Evil guy for the most part, but yeah, it looks yeah. good. Um, I wanted but, to bring but, up. But, sorry, go on. I want to bring up Ratchet and Clank. Um, okay. So I haven't played the the reboot one that came out a couple years ago on PS4. Um, for the record, it's going to be free in about a week. Um, but the new one, you know, we were talking about, you know, how, you know, looking ahead to, uh, you know, how are PS5 and Xbox doing? There's some real technical, interesting things going on in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart coming out. Um, you know, really pushing forward the idea of the you know utilizing the SSD to its full capabilities, and I'm very interested to see it. I might not play it right away, but that's something I'm got. I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game, so I don't. I know. I played the I first one on stream uh, a few months ago and the was first, not impressed. The first first one, right? Not the remake. No, the first first one on PlayStation Two. Yeah, I was not, not and I was not, I I was not impressed. Um, And I was, I was surprised that I wasn't impressed given that that team had had such success in the years leading up to that. And it just felt like they totally forgot how to make a platformer. I wonder if it played better when it came out and now it's so many years later, just to say so badly that it's just unplayable. Well, except it's Insomniac, right? So... Yes, but again, that's not my point. My point is, is that well, no, no. My, my point, my two. point is that my point is that Spyro on PS One still plays great, and that's fair. And you know, they went from that to effectively a similar feeling uh, open world uh, platformer collectathon of sorts. And yeah, it's got shooting elements, but there there were characters in Spyro Three that played that way. And uh, it just like the platforming doesn't feel good. It's kind of like how I felt after playing Jack and Daxter. I was like, how did they make platforming not fun? How did Naughty Dog fuck up platforming? I mean, right? anyone, anyone can make platforming not fun. Just ask Platonic. We'll get back to them oh, at another point in time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I, I, I was surprised that by Ratchet and Clank, I was like, I own two or three of these games. I wonder how they're going to be. Eh. I I I've not, I never played one. I might play the first one, like the remake, because it, it's going to be free. But um, it's some of the way that they've uh, you know basically eliminated loading stuff in some games. And Ratchet and Clank is apparently going to be taking full advantage of that to almost create like a seamless world. I mean, I'm interested to see that. That's cool. Um. All right. So I got a a game I want to talk about mm-hmm. that we're probably all going to ignore for the same reason that we all were likely to ignore any other. 3D platformers. Balan Wonderland or Wonderworld. Uh, you've all definitely seen this game. You probably don't remember it, but it's the upcoming 3D platformer by uh, Square Enix, um, created directed by Yuji Naka, who I didn't even know was at was at Square Enix, but um, apparently it's at Square Enix these days. 
um it kind of like the main character kind of has like a, a nights into dreams exactly yeah i was gonna say that and and that i mean it again yuji naka so <laughs> it fits um and, and uh the art is from naoto oshima who worked with uh yuji naka on nights and sonic adventure so it fits that the two have created a, a, another character who looks like that um I, my understanding is that there was a preview for this game that went out and uh, the platforming was uninspired and d- disappointing, but this was kind of like the, I'd read this was like the, their last opportunity to create something uh, of their own creation um, at Square Enix before being assigned to other projects. Um, but regardless, that is a late March release, so we'll find out whether or not Square Enix can make a platformer sometime soon. Yeah, we're we're gonna see. <clears throat> I got a lot of lists of titles here um, that have been rumored for 2020, announced previously, but we have no idea when they're coming. So I'm gonna run through a couple. Let's take a uh, quick bet: Are we gonna see it in 2021 or not? All right. So, uh, someone mark this down. This is gonna come back to bite one of us. I, it's just it's just a guess, right? <laughs> like, are we gonna see some of these games? So let's start with this one. Axiom Verge 2. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm with no as well. We haven't seen much about that one in a while, have we? Uh, yeah, nope. uh, that, that's a wild card. I'm, I'm going to say probably not as well. I um, Did you guys play the first one? I really actually liked the first one. I have one. not, but it's on a list of I, I'd like to. I, I very briefly started. I have the collector's physical edition. Oh, cool. Um, and that that collection, first of all, or that whatever it was, that... Uh, release was very cool but i i only got like an hour into it and then i got distracted by other games all right let's so i'll, let's, I'll get back to it I, I i like those types of games let's try this one skull and bones that's the that's uh the pirate soft pirate game oh game. definitely not <laughs> so this game has I, been delayed I, I, i'm going the other direction i think it's happening no i'm with really? on this one i think it's all like canceled no no no, no. okay so they actually said um, last year that it is that they're still working on it, but they're they actually have sort of shifted um, what the game is going to be. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to take them a bit more time. I don't think we're going to see it this year. I, I think I we think might see we might I, see I, that. It I think exists. I think we get a rushed release, and then because it's a games as a service type of game, it will get support over time to to fix Maybe. it, and people will flock to it because it's Ubisoft. Maybe yeah. Hollow Knight Silk Song. Nope. Yeah, that one I was going to mention as well. Uh, I think we might see that this year. Yeah. If we see it, I think we see a trailer for it. And that's it. We've been waiting for a trailer, another trailer for that game for months. Uh, I think that my, my understanding is Team, I, I think Team Cherry bit off more than they could chew with that one. And it's got feature creep. For the, for the record, I don't mind games that are delayed. I don't care. Um, if, oh, you, know, I, you delay them, they're going to be good. Um, you know, looking at you, Cyberpunk, but <laughs> we just haven't heard much from Silk Song in a while, and people are getting antsy. So I'd like an update, but I, I think you quoted that Miyamoto quote wrong. I don't think it went. If you I delay didn't. a game, it'll be good. I'm looking <laughs> I at you, Cyberpunk. Qu- yeah. I didn't quote him. <laughs> no. That wasn't um, a quote from Miyamoto. I think we will see a Silk Song trailer at E3, and then the game. I think the game will be released this year. I hope you're That's right. My call. That's I hope you're right. Um, next on my list here, Elden Ring. Nope, not this year. I, I, um, so 
there have been some developments pointing to uh, probably a trailer <laughs> this year for Elden mm-hmm. Ring, probably at E3, I would guess. But um, I don't think it's going to come out this year. I'm I'm wondering. So you know, from software, their last real release was Sekiro, right? So we're only what a year and a half away uh, out from Sekiro. Um, yeah, is that is that right? I think uh, that's pretty close. And well, basically two years. I think it came out in like January uh, 2019. So. Sure. It's just I don't. I don't know. I feel like Elden Ring's got a few more years in it before we see much. But I'm curious to be honest with you. I I mean, if you if if you they have know other games Soft, in development too. If you, if you want to know what FromSoft is up to, I suggest you watch tomorrow's State of Play because I predict they show up there. Uh, if they show up, it's going to be Elden Ring. So the question is, are they going to show up? Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think know they either. do. Be, I, I I think they do. I think that uh, State of Play will show off games that we don't know about yet. Oh, we'll see. Um, all right. And nothing that we do know about. <laughs> so, um, unless something is updated on this one, it's not on my list. But I can't find uh, any other thing that says it. So maybe I'm wrong. But Beyond Good and Evil Two, <laughs> that game doesn't exist. That game yeah. does not exist. <laughs> No. It, it just disappeared into the ether. It's gone. Yeah, it, it, that that game doesn't exist. I think it it died when Ubisoft had all of its problems a, a year or so ago, or whenever that was. Um, yeah, I think it's out say it. I, I think it was among the casualties of Ubisoft collapsing in on itself. I I think you might have uh, might be right about that. I had read rumors that say it was being pushed till twenty twenty three, and that was the best I can find when I was trying to look this up. But uh... Uh, Ubisoft said it's still being worked on during the Prince of Persia remake announcement, according to Intoxications. Um, but but yeah, but now, that was before some of the uh, drama and uh, right exactly. That, that that's what I'm getting at. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. U- Ubisoft's inward collapse happened after that announcement, and so. Prince of Persia has been delayed indefinitely. W- well, yeah. okay, so what I'm saying is, like, much like Prince of Persia, they probably just haven't said, like, "Hey, we just had to cancel three of our projects." Yeah. Yeah. You know, they just took the one that they felt like they would get the least flack for in the immediate term. Mm-hmm. You know, the game they've the game that they've already released and remastered and re-released. Speaking as somebody who loved the Prince of Persia Sands of Time uh, trilogy, um, I don't think the people who are who were looking forward to that remake are not upset that it's being delayed. No, not at all. Because okay. that it needed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's... here's the thing: is it, it looked worse than the HD remaster. Yeah, it didn't. It, right. it looked really janky. It needs a coat of paint. Yeah, you, you yeah. should you should you should never make a remake of a game that looks worse than the remaster from eight years earlier. Yeah. All right, I got two more on my um, list that we'll see if cool. they come in this year. Uh, next one, and this one because I've been thinking about this one every year, but I don't know where it's been lately. System Shock remastered. That one's coming. Oh yeah. Is that, 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 like, one, that, no th- that one's gonna drop without fanfare? It hasn't. We haven't heard about it. I think in two years. I predict that one just shows up and people are like, wait, hold up, what? Yeah, I, I, I'm waiting to hear much about that one. All right, last one on my list, and just for the record, I'm a no on this one, but people keep saying it's going to happen in 2021. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to touch on that one because <laughs> I, I think yes. Uh, really? 
And I, I think yes, but I do not think that it will come with any kind of Switch hardware update, uh, as many people seem to think it will. A lot of people have have, have been rumoring that it, it uh, you know, it's going to come with like a Switch Pro or something like that. I don't think a Switch Pro is in development. I think Nintendo is looking longer term than that, and they see that the that the current sales of the platform are doing just fine enough. They don't need to put a, a second piece of hardware out there. They can barely think, keep the ones that they have on the shelves as it is. I uh, think um, Breath of the Wild, the Breath of the Wild sequel, they're going to call it part of the Zelda 35th anniversary, and it's going to be released early next year. That's, that's my, my guess. Call. That's my guess. I want, and I think, here's my real thing. I think we're going to get a title at E3. I think we're going to get a date for Q for Q4 2021. And then it's going to get and then pushed. it gets delayed. Okay. <laughs> and I, no, no, hold up. I, that 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 sits with what I was say, about to say. Though is it is set for no, late November, early December, and then gets pushed three weeks forward into January. No, it's going to come out in March, and it's going to kind of follow the exact <laughs> same release cycle. I think that uh, Breath of the Wild one did. I I disagree only because I think it's going to be the holiday game. I, I just think uh, January is a bad time to release games. That's why I won't have, they won't push until yeah. January. So it's a bad time for game sales because it's after Christmas. They, that's why I, I you don't that. see I, a lot of AAA releases come out in January. Uh, so, so, so then I have to ask, what's going to be the, the holiday release? Oh, I, I don't know the answer to that yet. And we might not know the answer to that. I don't think we should spend too much time speculating because we haven't seen um, E3 is happening this year. And Nintendo does tend to do an E3. But when it comes oh, to can Zelda. We, can, can, we t- can we talk about that? In a, we can in a minute. <laughs> When it comes to Zelda, I just have to say, I can't think of one major Zelda console release that has not been delayed, with the exception of maybe yeah. Majora's Mask, and that's a very weird case. So, um, I don't think it's coming this year, because if we're going to follow right patterns, it's going to get delayed, as it should. Okay. Uh, Re-E3. Um do we think it's a separate event from Jeff Keighley's Summer of Gaming? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we think that E3 is as big as Summer of Gaming? Because I think e- Summer of Gaming is going to be the bigger event this year. No. I, I think no, they're, I think they're for wrong. different I think, audiences. I think E3 is going to be bigger um, because I think E3 has a brand recognition. And so it's uh, gonna be, uh, as a digital event, people are going to catch it more because they understand what it is. But... I think Summer of Gaming is going to be a better event. Okay. That that's fair. I think that it depends on the company that that uh some companies will and I'm I'm looking mo- mostly at Sony here. Maybe some to some extent Nintendo. I think the two of them will look at at E3 and say last year we put out, you know, monthly updates on products. And how did that do compared to that one big blast in June? Um, and I think they'll they'll both opt to do the the monthly thing again. I think that 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 one big blast for Nintendo had like the, the effect that monthly updates on games had for them last summer meant that they could focus on uh, Paper Mario in June and focus on whatever the game was in July. I'm blanking yeah. on it. Yeah. And and that worked out incredibly well for them. And if that one big blast, you know, let's be honest, people tune into those things for like one, maybe two big announcements. Yeah. And, and then they can get overshadowed and everything else gets overshadowed. They can put out their partner directs, their mini directs each month over the course of the summer. 
and Jeff Keighley will capitalize on that. And I, I think Summer Gaming is going to be the bigger one this year. The difference is, is that the last year they didn't have a choice. They didn't have the content to announce in a big uh, forum uh, at one big event. And they admitted as such. Um, COVID screwed up everything. So they did not actually, they weren't able to properly announce things because they just didn't have them to show. So although I think you're right that it worked out very well for them, now that things are a little different and they can do a big event, will they kind of go back to what worked before this year? I don't know the answer to that. I don't think that we'll know for sure. I think that Nintendo will do a show um, a direct on E3. Um, I think Microsoft will have a digital press conference. I think that Ubisoft will have a digital press conference. I think Bethesda will have a digital press conference. Even though they're part of Microsoft now, I still think that they will. And Sony will not because Sony hasn't for a while. Fair. Um, if I may. Yeah, go may. for it. Uh, there's a game on my list that I'm actually looking forward to that you guys didn't mention, um, <laughs> which is uh, Amazon Games New World. Is this a new Lua? M- MMORPG being made by Amazon Games. Is this going to be on Lua? Is that what it's called? Is it what? Lua. It's Amazon's um, gaming answer. It's uh, uh, going to be powered by. Uh, by AWS. I think it's similar to Stadium. Oh, then absolutely, probably will be, yeah. But it's also coming to regular PC. Yeah, it's coming um, to regular PCs according to this. Yeah, uh, I I played uh, the beta um, a few months back and it was actually super fun. I really, really liked it and uh, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. It's got like large-scale PvP um, battles um, which is, and it it plays like it doesn't play really like an MMORPG. Um, I mean it does, but like it when you're when you're in those big battles, like it, it could just be um, I don't know, what what can I compare? I don't know what to compare it to. Like it could just be like Fortnite or or mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys have played For Honor. Like that's a good comparison. Just for I, I know that's yeah, I, I, I I know the game, but I've never played it. Yeah, like it feels like an action game, uh, which is really cool. That actually um, intrigues me. Um, I've never been able to get into an MMO, and I think part of the reason why is I've always missed the boat. You know, you start six months later, everyone's already too far ahead of you. So maybe now's the time. Uh, The the only MMO I've ever really sunk my teeth into was RuneScape back in the day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dating ourselves. Um, Never said you were young. New World looks pretty cool, though. I think, uh, as I said, I played the beta, and I'm definitely pretty intrigued to to see how it turns out. Well, definitely something to look at there. I mean, we we we've 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 only scratched the surface here. I mean, I I I'm looking at other lists here, games that are definitely highly anticipated, even though we might not have mentioned them. Um, you know, Far Cry Six uh, is been delayed, but it's uh, still apparently coming. Um, no more heroes three has a release date now for for August. I kind of want to go back and buy the first two games. Yeah, a um, couple games coming in, in the spring. Uh, Death Loop coming for PlayStation Five. Uh, that one looked pretty interesting to me. Um, I don't know. A I'm bunch just, of a, a bunch of remasters. A bunch of remasters. Uh, new MLB The Show. This is always a big uh, big win for a lot of people. And this year it's coming to Xbox as well as PlayStation. Yep. Um, you know, we, we can go on and on and on, and we'll, we'll never catch it all. But um, 
definitely a lot to look forward to this year. I, I think I, I've got, and I think you guys just increased my list, so I got to negotiate uh, a new gaming budget. All right. Well, if, yeah, if I can, I, I, if I can I, just I, add, I, if I can sorry, add one more it. to your list, um, there's a yeah. there's a little indie game published by Devol- Devolver Digital, who like they always put out interesting stuff. Um, it's coming out next week. Um, I played the demo uh, a couple weeks back and got totally addicted to it for like a couple of days. Uh, it's called Loop Hero. It's Loop a really Hero. interesting, really interesting little. Uh, roguelike sort of game where there's a little bit of like town management, a um, little bit of like auto battling going on. It's really hard to, to classify, but uh, just just look it up, just Google it. Um, it's it, I think it's like pretty cheap. It's going on sale for like twenty twenty five bucks or something. But I'm I'm like actually super hyped <laughs> to play that game when it comes out next week. Well, it is now on my list. There you go. Cool. Uh, so, do we want to talk about like unannounced? games that we think might be announced this year do we want to talk about some of the the uh the news that has come out so far this year like the the past um nintendo direct and the upcoming state of play and oh we uh, we covered a lot know, of what was in that nintendo direct um already um for state of play i kind of wish we were doing this podcast tomorrow <laughs> now yeah um it just uh just so I, yeah, I knew t- what was the, going t- on. The, the, time, the timing's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, State of Play was just announced. Um, it, it's hard to speculate, you know? It, it, it's, it's hard because we get it wrong so often. I, I mean, I, I swear I thought Nintendo was going to cover um, Zelda 35 in that Direct, and they didn't. So, uh, I mean, I, I, we could talk about what we think is going to come, but I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know what I think is going to come. I've... I just don't know anymore. This whole, I, I used to be so good about this, and now I just can't predict <laughs> a damn thing. Um, I'm uh, uh, I'm ready to be surprised. You know, I've, I'll be happy if we can get even just a scrap of information on Elden Ring or uh, the Breath of the Wild sequel or Metroid Prime Four. Like those are my three big one ones. The- I think that are like, what's going on with these games? When can I get some more information? If we can get one of the three. Oh, I'd be do you think that. that next Bethesda game comes out or is announced for, with a release date? Whatever there, it's called, like Starbound Star, or? Star, Starfield? Is that Starfield, the that's the Starfield. one. Um, I don't know. Bethesda's in the transition <laughs> right now yet, right? So they were just bought by Microsoft. Oh, so, that's right. So yeah, they're that's also correct. in the transition. Um, I imagine we don't see anything and we see a lot of ESO and Fallout 76 this year and nothing else and that might be just okay um there was a slight leak that no one can decide if it's legitimate or not if you guys saw that um for the elder scrolls 6 and people are upset which makes no sense so there was a 10 second clip of somebody walking around grass and rocks that's it that's all it was leave leave it to the internet to get upset about that and they're upset because like this looks like crap and i'm like you're looking at something that's not even confirmed footage from a game that's right. still five years out because let's be honest, it's five years out. <laughs> so, so. Well, they said it was coming chill. out sometime after Starfield, which is why I asked about Starfield. Right. And I think it's Starfield. Again, you can correct me if I'm wrong. There's a couple star games out there. I'm pretty sure it's Starfield. Um, if we're lucky, we'll see it. I think not. I think we're going to see that game come out in 2023. I just don't know. Fair enough. 
I agree. I don't know. I think Nintendo wraps up Fighters Pass 2, and then Mr. Sakurai gets stuck doing another one. <laughs> Never gets another to develop smash. a game, a new game. Yeah, you're probably right about that, but uh, forever we stuck won't with see that Smash Bros. until the end of the year for sure, because we they did say Fighters Pass Two will take us to the end of 2021. Yeah, and there's still two characters left. Cool. Yep, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there, I had any other predictions for the year. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Usually, I feel like we would know more about what some of the larger companies are up to and it feels like for some of them we just know a lot of the remakes or ports that they're working on um and so it's like oh yeah what's square enix up to while well, they're up to balan wonderland and uh porting another mana game final fantasy 7 remake and final fantasy 7 remake and final fantasy 15 or 16 which and which, which we're not going to see we're not going to see either of those two games for another year or so. So what are they planning on putting out this year? You know what? Right? I think it's one of these things where we got to sit and wait and see. We don't know because last year was the, such the, a... There has, there, there's been a lot of rumors, actually, that uh, this is the year of Dragon Quest Twelve. Maybe, but... You know, that maybe that those games are straightforward too. enough and they've been effectively re-releasing the same one now. Uh, for a few years, so um, it has given the team, the main team, plenty of time to work on on twelve. Well, like I was saying, you know, twenty twenty was a weird year, and we didn't get the news that we normally do, and so twenty twenty one is kind of a question mark. Yeah, um, you know, we put a lot of stuff out there today. A lot of things to look forward to. A lot of lists. <laughs> I don't even. Um, oh man, I'm gonna go broke this year, but. <laughs> I'm good with it. I'm good. I'm still playing games from 96. You'll work your way <laughs> up to 2021 eventually. Yeah. It's just like Dragon Quest. I'm having trouble getting, you know, through the present year, but I'll get there eventually. Oh. Uh, I mean, chat, by all means, you know, feel free to uh, shout off and chat on Twitter, uh, on Discord. You know, please let us know what you guys are thinking for 2021. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know what else can we say about it? What uh, you know we've uh, we covered every genre imaginable, haven't we? <laughs> uh, Pretty much, I think so. Um, I think that's gonna just about do it, guys. Uh, again, um, you know, please by all means follow us on Twitter. Uh, you know, you can follow some of our content on YouTube as well. Um, and I, drop know, in on the and really drop in on the Discord because you're gonna want to for next week's yeah, stream next week, which is going. Going to be a community event. We're opening up the totally average gamers to totally average game with us. Um, we will be doing a community event uh, right here on this channel next week, uh, Wednesday around 8 p.m. Uh, if you're interested, we will definitely be talking more about that as the week goes on. But please, guys, if you're not in Discord, jump on into Discord. We'll chat about it. We'll find a game to play. Um, and you can keep up to date with all of the stuff that we're doing uh, and coming up. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Because, it's just, I, you know, I, I got to share how bad I am at games with everybody. <laughs> so it's got to go, guys. You're, you're not, well, you're not, you're not bad at games. You're average. Very, 
very average. <laughs> with that, with that, folks, uh, thank you again for joining us for the Totally Average Gamers podcast. Uh, we will catch you all again soon. Stay average, everybody. 